On a show that talks about time traveling Bigfoot and alien sex cults. This is serious journalism, people. Serious. This time, this this like, time we mean it. If you think that there are not birds that are not <laughs> real, you're a moron. I do have a superstition that Satan and his minions yes. interrupt mm. technological yes. connections when conversations are getting yes. particularly interesting or, or important. At this point, I'm not throwing these weirdos out because maybe they're telling the truth. Why does everything have to be a hidden conspiracy where the <laughs> motives aren't really clear? where you can't tell what someone's intentions are from their words. Why, Abby, why? I, I feel like you're just not answering the question. It, there is a pattern here that is definitive, and mm -hmm. this leads us to the CEO's response, yeah. which is not the way that you Amazing. want to play being accused of in a conspiracy theory. Glowing metal things that are moving in impossible speeds and impossible directions, defying laws of physics, showing up over battlefields, showing up over important historical events for all of history. This is Chekhov's gun, you guys. Yeah. It's the gun that's been sitting on the mantelpiece since Act 1. It's Act 3 now. I'm waiting for it to go <clears throat> off. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Conspiracy Pilled Season 3, Episode 3, 9-11, What You're Supposed to Forget. I'm your host, PJ Williams, and with me, as always, is Abby Libby. Abby, how's it going? It is. It's good. It's, it's good. good. It's good. Yeah. I'm, and I say that because the Rumble Chat is already amazing tonight. Like, the number yeah. of amazing <laughs> jokes is so high already. I'm uh, literally, that's why I'm great. laughing over here, because <laughs> the first, the, the comment I'm reading is, giving this episode a preemptive 9 out of 11. From Bookstore Thor. That is amazing. Uh, you, you win the chat. For me, so. I want to congratulate Not For Sale for being the first commenter tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Not For Sale. First, uh, you know, like 30 comments down. Okay. I want to start. Well, no. No, I want to start off by saying, and then and then we'll do our shout outs, right? Yeah, yeah. I want to start off by saying, you are not allowed to question tragedies. And no. the more tragic, the more you're not allowed to question them. Yeah. I lost. This was funny because PJ gained a bunch of followers for questioning 9-11 <laughs> the other day. I lost a bunch of followers for questioning 9-11 the other day. But the number of people who are so mad, who are like screaming at you to shut up about it. Conservatives who know that their government lies to them. And I'm like, you guys, yeah. you don't have to. You don't have to agree, right? You don't have to have bought into everything. But screaming at someone to shut up about questioning their go come on. It was pretty. What, what was your comment about it? It was something like you compared it to COVID essentially, right? Yeah, I was like, listen to yourselves. You're all like, I knew people who died. How dare you have questions? People who question this are dangerous and evil and crazy. I mean, like the, the commentary is exactly thing. it's yeah. exactly the same. Corporate wants you to tell you know, <laughs> the difference in these pictures. It's the same picture. Yeah, but and then this is the thing I always come back to is like, if these people were not just killed by a group of cave dwelling jihadis, maybe it's important to know who killed them and why. Maybe right. that is like actually honoring their you know lives yeah. a little bit other than just like accepting a blind narrative. So I don't find it offensive. I know some people do and I get that. And uh, just to say that out front that this is not in any way, it's obvious, I think, that this is not in any way like 
crapping on the memories of the people right. that were lost. I think that's a retarded assumption to come to it's the same thing with COVID. it's like it does matter if china released this virus it does matter if they're trying to do population control right. you know i've had i had loved ones that died from COVID as well i mean it makes me more mad makes me have right. more questions right this yes. time this time when i did the research i cried because i'm like i i think this is so much ev- more evil now it's i don't i don't think that this was a country that doesn't understand americans that religiously mm-hmm. hates americans I think this was us doing it to ourselves. And this is worse. I'm way more convinced now than I ever have been in my life, just from the little <laughs> bit of extra research yeah. we did. So last year, uh, our second episode of, of this show that we ever did was about 9-11. And we, we talked about loose change yes. and kind of covered things that were said in that documentary. And I think a few times throughout, we're like, we're going to cover this in greater depth. So um, this is not the same Here show as last year. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I just wanted to make that clear to people being like, oh, you guys already did an episode on 9-11. Yes, we we uh, limited better. ourselves to an hour last year, <laughs> and we covered a, a, one aspect of it. Yeah. So we're going to be going to some other aspects, things that we haven't covered before that I think you guys will find really interesting. So it, not just even if, but especially if you watched our last episode, we're going to continue right. in that conversation. So uh, before we get into that, I want to give a shout out to a royal mess who um, subscribed to our locals channel monthly, and for Cody Gamos. <laughs> C0DIGAM0S, Cody Amos, for a yearly subscription to Locals. So Ooh. if you guys want to get bonus unhinged content, you can download the Locals app or go to conspiracypill.locals.com. Support the show. Get extra get extra content. We have a, a show that streams every Thursday night. You can also support us on Rockfin. So thank you guys for coming over and supporting the show. Let's do it, Abby. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Yeah. I also want to say, if you watched our last year's episode and you liked it, and supported the show back then. <laughs> Holy crap. I I rewatched it to see like so what I. I covered and and yeah. what I left out. I I can't believe you guys liked it back then. Must have I had can't a painful watch. watched our show back in the first like <laughs> 7 episodes. <laughs> there are so that was a that's a a highly ranked for a long time it was like our biggest show. Yeah, yeah, it was for like 6 months or more. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right. PJ. How old were you? When you changed your mind about 9-11 and why? I was way older than I want to admit, but I, I had to have been in my mid-20s. And I, I kind of had questions about it before then, but I just... It's not that I wasn't into conspiracies. It's that that one I found... I, I, I wanted to cover my... I wanted to have a blind eye to it. I know that looking back now where I was like intentionally... Uh, blinding myself to it, but it was it was the patriotic thing, right? It was the yeah. I I people liked nine twelve. People liked the feeling of unity. People, you know, yeah. I grew up in a very conservative family. I, I didn't want to think these things of George Bush and and all of that. So yeah. you know, it was, uh, J- John Kerry bad, Al Gore bad. George Bush has to be good. It couldn't possibly yeah. be that these people are all terrible. So I, I turned a blind eye to it until uh, a military friend of mine showed me a, a video that I posted on Twitter this week, and it totally got me looking into it and it changed my mind forever on it. So. And a lot of the substance yeah. of that video and mm-hmm. everything I thought was like really strong for that video is in this episode. So yeah. don't worry, you're not missing anything. I I don't remember. I'm I'm very willing to believe horrible things. <laughs> um, I don't think I'm like got my brain wide open just waiting to believe any anything. I, I right. think I, I don't think I'm super gullible, but I, I don't think I've ever been someone who was like, how dare you? Mm-hmm. So, but I didn't make up my mind about it until last year when I was researching for that episode. Cause I remember being on the phone and being like, it could be, it could be both. I could see it being yeah, both you ways. Know what? Now I remember that. I remember yeah. this now. Yeah. 
I because I was poking a lot of holes in the conspiracy or not really, but trying I was trying to. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to poke holes. I'm like, it could be this. It could be this. Could have been bad rivets. Could have been, <laughs> you know, whatever. Bush could have been covering up for Turner Construction being shitty or whatever. But right. no, I, I, my research led me here last year. So yep. let's go. Stop. Abby, stop procrastinating. <laughs> can't melt steel beams Facts. um this we get stuck on this a lot yeah and it's kind of like trump at this point the people who like trump like trump and the people who don't like trump don't like trump and you're not going to get anyone to change your, their mind about trump and i think this is where we are with jet fuel can't melt steel beams the people who believe it believe it and the people who don't believe it don't believe it and talking about the two towers falling is not, I think, remotely the strongest part of this conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of people who, starting from a position of belief in the, in the narrative, they've had 20 years to backfill reasons why it's possible that planes made these towers fall. And, but we don't actually need it to be impossible. I think a lot of people think that's the crux of this, this theory. If you can prove it's possible, then no, all know, everybody needs it, to shut up. It's funny you say that because it was not that that changed my mind at all. Yeah. It was not the, I, it's, I think at a certain point I was like, okay, this was an inside job, but it was still just towers, planes that hit towers. I didn't even think about controlled demolition stuff till later right. on. It was really a lot of the stuff we're going to be getting into, but I don't think it's the crux of it. And I think people who are debunkers want to make it the crux. Of yes. It. Yeah. They're like, Jeff, you can shut up. <laughs> jet fuel can weaken steel beams is the argument essentially yeah 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 i but i think that the best argument just to sit here for a moment the best argument that the buildings didn't fall from just planes is that the people on the ground when it happened didn't think that they had to be told by experts to correct their intuition and their eyewitness experience right yeah so i watched a really good documentary that i highly recommend that came out on rumble a few days ago called redacted news presents peace war and 9-11 i think we have that linked in our description it is linked in the description so if you guys want to check it out after watching this it's there for you guys it's really really good um i think it's better than loose change partially because we've had 20 years to right talk about this and collect better evidence than loose change had it's presented by graham mcqueen who passed six months ago he knew he was dying when he made the documentary which is interesting um and it was kind of his like last thing it was it it was that important to him he's like i want to do this before i die so well if you think about it 9-11 was our generation's jfk i mean it was the thing that got everybody into conspiracies again one of the things he did that was really strong because he's a professional researcher. Um, He was before he got into any of this. He gathered documented eyewitness accounts of explosions of, of people saying there were explosions, right? Um, That, you know, referencing it in some way. So either saying there was a bomb, I heard it explode, you know, any type of verbiage around that and documented eyewitness accounts. So things in official fire and police reports, things on film, 
etc. So not just like people saying 20 years later that they heard explosions, but like documented accounts. And he found 118 firefighters, just firefighters, just 118 fi- just firefighters that said that. Yeah. Wow. Firefighters who talked about explosions. And we have a little graphic here that kind of, this is not all 118, but here's, here's a smattering of them. The explosions were getting bigger. You started hearing more explosions. It just seemed like a huge explosion, a very, very tremendous explosion. Explosions on the upper floors. We heard this huge explosion. Explosions going on everywhere. I heard a ground level explosion. I was there when it exploded. I heard this huge explosion. A bomb went off. It was a bombing. All of a sudden, we heard the explosion. Like someone had planted explosives. It sounded like a million firecrackers. There was some kind of explosion, a tremendous boom explosion. There was a big explosion. I heard the explosion. They sounded like bombs, a giant, giant explosion. You see three explosions, an explosion or a bomb, a massive explosion. These are firefighters. Yeah. They know, they know the difference between the sounds a building makes when it's falling. They're firefighters in, in, in New York City. It's one of the busiest fire cities in the world. They're running calls all the time. They know what they're talking about. And when they say a bomb went off, <laughs> I heard a massive explosion. They know what that means. That one on that one was a particular interesting to me. An explosion on the ground floor. That is part mm-hmm. of the conspiracy that, that they don't want you to notice that there was ground floor explosions. Right. Yeah. So that was just firefighters. Graham mm-hmm. collected a total of 186 eyewitness accounts of these documented accounts. So 118 of those were the firefighters, and then others were police and people who were on film saying this exploded. Um, and, and some of those accounts that he talks about and shows clips of, um, he gathered a lot of clips that the, the internet has been so wiped of these things that if you want to see clips of people saying these things the day on 9-11, um, definitely go watch the documentary. But they would talk about strings of explosions. There was a guy who's like, and it went boom, 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 boom. And like describing hearing several in a row. There were se- several people. The type of daisy-chained explosions you would see in a controlled demolition. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, every major news network, with the exception of Fox News, entertained on air early on that bombs brought down um, the buildings and that planes would not have been sufficient. Every major news network talked about planes not being sufficient, except for Fox. By the end of the day, they were they were all mostly in line with, with the, with the narrative and those the, you know, the, the bits and pieces that weren't over the years have, have faded out. Nobody, nobody questions anything anymore right. on mainstream media. By the end of the day, every major news network knew that Osama bin Laden had did it. They were naming him. Fox mentioned Osama bin Laden within minutes of the fall of the second tower. Yeah. And I, w- I want I want people to remember that because I have a, a towards later in the show I want to go through the timeline of how we knew and when we knew yeah and it's it's pretty it's insane when you actually see like what the official story like and I'm just gonna read the official story and you'll see how the official story makes zero sense on how they knew Osama bin Laden was right. involved. Um, a lot of people will be like, well, if it was a controlled demolition, when when did they place all these charges? That would have taken weeks. Well, 
<laughs> Funny you say that because Turner Construction, just a few months prior, was working on the buildings for quite some time, doing a renovation, and Turner Construction CEO is buddies with the Bushes. So, I mean... They had motive and opportunity is what you're saying. Ex- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they certainly had opportunity. It's not yeah. a difficult one to explain how they could have done that. Right. Um, okay. This is, this is another piece of like really strong evidence, I think, with the jet fuel thing. Um, if jet fuel can melt steel beams, why can't it melt passports? <laughs> okay. This is from the National Com- Commission on Terrorist Attacks Upon the United States public hearing on uh, January 26, 2004. This is a direct quote from a, a hearing. So th- this would have been sworn, right? Sworn testimony. Sworn yeah. testimony. Quote, beginning with passports. Four of the hijackers' passports have survived in whole or in part. Two were recovered from the craft site of Air- United Airlines Flight 93 in Pennsylvania. We're going to talk about that yeah. later. <laughs> These are the passports of names I can't pronounce. One belonged to a hijacker on American Airlines Flight 11. This hit, Flight 11 hit the North Tower. Right. This is the, the passport of Satam Al... I'm not even going to try. A passerby just, picked just call it up. Him, just call him Mohammed. It's probably accurate. <laughs> this is yeah. the passport of Mohammed. <laughs> a pass, a passerby picked it up and gave it to an NYPD detective shortly before the World Trade Center towers collapsed. That makes sense. I'm just going to let that just. Yeah. <clears throat> and then a fourth passport was recovered from the luggage and did not make it onto the onto the flight for some reason. Um. Yeah. Were those okay. both from were those both from plane the uh, flight eleven? Um, because I thought it was one from each plane, just conveniently. Yes. From each. Yeah. The, okay. Just want to the make second, sure. the fourth. It, yeah, it was also from flight eleven, so it wasn't one from each. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um. Yeah, I'm just checking, but yeah, okay. both for flight eleven. Okay, so plane hits tower massive explosion passport somehow goes from the interior of the plane through the explosion, the melted steel beams flutters down (laughs) to a sidewalk and is picked up in while everyone's running around like scared, crazy watching people fall to their desk. Someone's like, Oh, a passport. I'm going to give it to the nearest police officer. And the police officer doesn't just say, get out of my face, dude. I'm a little busy right now. Yeah. He's like, Oh, that this, this is probably a passport from the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is this passport's probably from the hijacker. Yeah. Cause the passport was in, in, in the pocket came out of the pocket uh-huh. of the man uh-huh. who was disintegrated through the plane uh-huh. that was disintegrated through the fireball, which disintegrated a, a uh-huh. building and fluttered to the street. How do people like I legitimately how do people believe that you have to pick one you have to pick one lane either jet fuel can melt steel right it's that hot or a passport could survive like you can't have both of those things they should have just made the plane out of passports (laughs) 
<laughs> they should have made the building out of passports. Yeah, they should have made the building out of passports. <laughs> this, is, Passport this is the takeaway. Passport a little expensive, though. So they went with a cheaper <laughs> option, which is steel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I get so stuck on, on th- this single thing, right? Yeah. How, how do you look at this narrative and say, there's nothing wrong with this? And in fact, you're bad for questioning it. Right. Okay. All right. The other really strong piece of evidence that I get so stuck on. We have a thing in this country called NORAD, which stands for the North American Aerospace Defense Command. It is literally their job to prevent something like 9-11 from happening. And it was their job before 9-11. Like, that was their whole job to protect the aerospace. People had imagined planes flying into the World Trade Center. People had imagined hijacking, but hijacking whoa, of planes whoa, 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 had happened hold on, already. Hold on. George Bush told me that no <laughs> one in the United States government could have possibly imagined, possibly imagined them flying planes into buildings. It, yeah. Other than every executive in Hollywood in the 90s. Yeah. It, yeah. it was it was in the zeitgeist. This idea yeah. that somebody could take a plane and ram it into a building like the World Trade Center, specifically the World Trade Center, existed and NORAD existed. And the reason they didn't do anything about these planes is insane to me. So in, I just want to, in the nine months between September 2000 and June 2001, there were 67 routine interceptions of planes that were off course. So a plane goes off course and NORAD's like, that's bad. And they scramble a jet, they intercept and they 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 go check on the plane. They they see what's going on. Is is it a connection to the tower issue? Are they lost? What do they need a refuel? Like what's going on? Can we help? Or do they gotta drax them scouts? You know? <laughs> roll up on some Terry's. <laughs> roll up on some Terry's. <laughs> it's one of the best skits ever. Yeah, yeah. For um sure. it's this was their job and they did it all the time. So why on 9-11 were four planes off course for over an hour with no intercept? How could this possibly be? Let me show you how far off course flight 11 was. This is the first plane to hit. Yep. This Pretty was far a pl- off course for quite a while. Yeah. This, this was a plane from Boston mm-hmm. en route to California, which is what they used to explain why it had so much jet fuel on board. It's just full of jet fuel chock full of jet fuel um, <laughs> be a good band name chock full of jet fuel. How does NORAD ignore this for over an hour? How does NORAD not scramble a jet more at least half its flight? It's going in the wrong direction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, according to the official narrative at 819 AM, a flight attendant on flight 11 called ground crews and said the plane had been hijacked. Flight 11 didn't hit the North Tower until 846. NORAD had time to at least try. So why didn't they try? Because they didn't think it was real. Why would they? Why would they think it's not? Why real? would they not think it was real? Why is that, Abby? <laughs> I, I get so hung up on this because it's so crazy. Because I. Every ahead. defense point in the area was playing war games. And what were they simulating that day? They were doing an exercise they do semi-annually called Vigilant Guardian. 
It's a CPX or command post exercise, which means it's just played in the offices on computers, no actual planes in the air. So, so even as they're playing the game, they are not going through the process of actually scrambling a jet. Right. They were running a range of scenarios. And one of those scenarios was the hijacking of a plane. I thought this was lack of imagination, Abby. I thought that the United States government had a lack of imagination that they couldn't possibly have thought that planes could fly into buildings or be hijacked, even though hijacking was a modus operandi of yeah, yeah. terrorist organizations since 1976. Am I the wrong guy, on this? <laughs> you have to be, right? So You've got to be wrong. Right? It's so stupid so at some stupid. point. Um, and I'm not calling people who don't believe this conspiracy stupid, but... Th- the but the details so of the narrative, right, when yeah. you actually look at it, and I don't blame people for not knowing this because the internet is so scrubbed of this. There mm-hmm. are things that I found last year fairly easily that I knew existed and I had a hard time finding it this year. So even between, even this year, so much scrubbing. General Eberhardt is on record saying that it took them at NORAD 30 seconds after the first plane hit to realize something was happening in the real world. Which makes sense if you think about it. Like if what they're looking at is a computer screen that's saying, yeah. hey, this this plane's going off radar. This is part of the simulation because they're not mm-hmm. seeing them physically. They're not. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a war game. And yep. they, to them would look like a simulation, would look like part of the simulation right. until it's too late. So it's not even NORAD's fault. It's whoever scheduled this right. on this. Yeah, for sure. So my biggest question how did Osama bin Laden know that NORAD was playing this war game on the morning of his attack? Because this is the only day ever that he could have pulled this off. Right. How did he know that all our defenses first thing in the morning would be completely down? He literally how couldn't did he know? without inside information. Exactly. Right. Couldn't have known without inside information. Somebody had to tell him. And we're, we're not broadcasting to the third world, to our potential enemies around the world. Hey, by the way, NORAD's playing war games today. So like all of our defense points totally locked up. Please don't hijack planes today. <laughs> that's something Biden would do now, but that's not something we did back then. <laughs> this is a hijacking free zone. In this house, we, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> In this house. All right, let's move on. The YouTube chat said that PJ's mic is 50% of mine. Is this true? Is everybody experiencing this? I will try to. Every it. once in a while, we. Don't notice it on our end, but something's weird. Just keep talking. I'll see what okay. I can do. Um, okay. The stuff you're supposed to forget, the Pentagon. We don't talk about the Pentagon anymore. Um, unlike the towers, there is no clear footage of what happened at the Pentagon. Or at least there is, is no... Is this any better, guys? Did I fix it? Sorry. Go ahead. There's no... Keep talking. I just wanted to see <sighs> if the chat can answer that. I How know, dare I you know. interrupt me while I'm questioning a tragedy? <laughs> That's even worse than questioning the tragedy, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, there's no clear footage or there at least there's no public clear footage. The FBI collected a ton 
of videotapes from nearby gas stations, businesses, etc. And those tapes were never seen again. Somebody tried to FOIA them and was denied. Why, why would the government, our, our lovely government, deny a request to see the footage of a plane hitting the Pentagon? Because it doesn't exist. It's, it's the only explanation. This is the thing that's always got to me. It's not only does the footage not exist. The parts have never existed. Yeah, but the footage not. I think the footage does exist. It just doesn't show what the narrative says. And <laughs> Annie mutes when PJ talks, so she can't tell us. Yeah, based, thanks, Annie. Based. Um, <laughs> <laughs> everyone who saw the plane incoming, including the flight controllers at Dulles Airport, thought the plane was a military fighter. This part makes me really sad. They thought it was one of ours. They said they felt relief that finally one of our fighters had been scrambled. Mm -hmm. Like they're, they're sitting in the terror of what's happening and they're like, oh my God, one of our planes is in the air. Good. And this one of our planes, because people who work, I'm sorry, but people who work in air traffic control know which plane is which. They're right. not confusing a military fighter jet with a Boeing 747. They're not doing that. Yeah. These are professionals. This is like the firefighters knowing what they're talking about. These people know what they're talking about. So when they are feeling visceral relief that one of our planes is in the air, it's one of our planes. And this plane goes, and it kind of looks like fires a missile right at the Pentagon. And why would it, why would it do that? Why would one of our planes do that, PJ? It couldn't have anything to do with the $2.3 trillion that was reported the day before missing from the Pentagon's budget. Couldn't be. How dare you suggest no. that? Um, <laughs> the FBI had full control of the scene within minutes of the impact. Mm -hmm. they, they weren't busy trying to, you know, support what was going on in New York City. No, they had full control of the scene within minutes. Almost like they were waiting. Yeah, almost like they knew it was coming. Yeah. Because you'd think it would have taken them a second to be like, oh, shit. Right. You know, like we were thinking about New York City and now we got to like completely change lanes. No. Right. Um, the official story is that Honey Hanju, which is like the easiest of all of the hijackers names. Thank you, Honey, was <laughs> flying this plane. A month prior, he had taken a flight class and had been unable to control a Cessna. I can control a Cessna. It's not hard. <laughs> no, that's not the point. Um, he, he couldn't control a Cessna. I, it's, I can't control a Cessna like that. But suddenly, between not being able to control a Cessna to, to a month later, he can suddenly do a perfect 270 degree corkscrew turn to come in at near ground level to hit this particular spot of the Pentagon. Didn't hit anything else. Didn't knock over any uh, phone poles. Didn't, I mean, nothing. No other destruction. Incredible. Nothing that would have come from a plane that big disturbing the ground, hitting the poles, knocking yeah. over the cars, all of that stuff. This guy had to have a hell yeah. of a training montage. Yeah. In yeah. that month. <laughs> like, I wow. can just hear Eye of the Tiger right 
while he's while he learns while he practices on his practice Boeing 7047 yeah. how to how to do this he's thing. playing Windows Flight Simulator yeah. X to the to yeah yeah Eye yeah. of the Tiger for a month straight because um because suicide hijackers care about not hitting anything else in DC right not nicking anything else on their way in. They care it's about just that physically stuff. impossible. Like that's the thing the, I, I'm trying to remember what it's the what it's called like the contrails or the the like wind coming off the tips of the wings mm-hmm. will rip things out of the ground not cars over just by passing over just by passing over because it's that big. Yeah, but this corkscrew turn this this insane move to, to, to get level to the ground in a city like that and not hit anything. Most commercial pilots of these planes people who do this professionally will tell you they can't do that. And the rest are lying. <laughs> I've heard people try to explain this away. Oh, it's not that hard. I'm like, it's a tiny building compared to a, gi- a giant plane with an 8,000 foot corkscrew spiral to get perfectly lined up. It's not, yeah. it's not an easy maneuver. People who say that are, oh, it's are insane. not familiar with planes. They don't have a concept of how big a 747 is. And how small a building looks from that high up to get yeah. like that perfectly lined up for yeah. sure. <sighs> okay. Um, it hits the side that just happens to be the only side that's reinforced against attack. Weird. Um, you know, it's it's weird to me that the hijackers knew what day NORAD was games, but they didn't know which day the the Pen- which side of the Pentagon to avoid. Right. Like you did all that work with that corkscrew turn just to hit the worst side of the Pentagon you could possibly hit for all uh, maximum damage. Right. What are, what are you talking about? What, what are we talking about? But um, this happened to be the spot where budget stuff was happening because it was the end of the fiscal year and that's where they were keeping their records and that's where they had all their budget people going. Um, the day before, PJ references this, that 9-10, sec- uh, Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld issued a press release saying that they, quote, couldn't track $2.3 trillion worth of transactions. And he makes this press release I on a Monday when that happens. Yeah, he makes this press release on a Monday. Nobody in government ever tells the public about bad news on a Monday. No, they always do it on a Friday. The only time they ever do it on a Monday is if they know that a bigger story is about to drop. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, you'd have to be politically uh, incapable and, and stupid to drop big yeah. news on a Monday and then be like, let's just suffer the news cycle for the next five days instead of hope people go, you know, off to their weekends and kind of forget about it. Yeah. Just at the end of the year, happens. at the end of t- t- 2001, the department of the army didn't publish their standalone financial statement for 2001 because of the loss of financial management personnel sustained during the September 11th attack. That quote is from Thomas white, the secretary of the army and he just happened to be a former Enron executive. Just happened to be. Just happened to be. Keep Enron in your mind for the rest mm-hmm. of um, today, t- tonight. But yeah, so not only, not only did this announcement come out on nine ten, but they didn't even have to publish their budget report because they could use it as se- September eleventh as an excuse. So you ha- you have the coincidence and and convenience from both sides. Right. <sighs> On the morning of 9-11, famously, the White House tried to reach Rumsfeld for hours, and he was out running around the crime scene. 
public opinion was varied on this. Uh, the Republican side of things tended to see him out there getting in there, helping out with the crisis, like this heroic thing. And others saw him as abandoning his post. I think he was making sure um, things were going the way he wanted them to go. <laughs> making sure that those records were truly destroyed. Quite sure. gone. Quite, Quite gone. gone. Yeah. Yeah. Don't turn on the water just yet. Firefighters. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I don't know. All right. Let's look at the, like, let's look at some photos of the building. Um, this is the hole in the building. Yeah. I know we didn't have pull up a picture for what the twin towers looked like, but it didn't look like that. You could see the yeah. plane wings damage. Yeah. You could the, like the holes were I just wide. Want to point this out where it collapsed, which is, I don't know, 40 feet wide, whatever it was, right? It's perfectly straight. There's nothing damaging on either side of this, like, like a wing or two wings would have caused. Yeah. Like where's the plane? Well, exactly. Where's where, the plane? Where is parts? the plane? Yeah, maybe, maybe in another photo. Maybe maybe this is just a bad photo. Maybe PJ. it's just a bad photo. Let's check this one out. Um, hmm. Where where's the plane? I don't see the plane or the damage to the yard in that one. Mm. It's, maybe it's a bad photo. Mm, yeah, maybe we should try another one. Those, that light pole that's right in front of the building is still standing. It's so totally that's cool. fine. Like, yeah, see, yeah. look at the light pole. The light All right. pole's there. Shrubbery's fine. This photo is my favorite because it gives you a little size comparison. So this is the size of a helicopter in relation to the hole. <clears throat> Helicopters are smaller than Boeing 747s, um, but even this helicopter couldn't quite fit in this without some pieces falling off. This helicopter couldn't fit in the hole without its without its rotors kind of its rotors would be destroyed in this. Yeah, yeah. trying to fit in that hole because because the only thing you can argue here is that you can't see the plane because it's completely inside the building. Mm-hmm. But the hole's not big enough, right? For it to be completely inside the building, so you can't and you can't have it both ways. Either it has to be completely inside the building, which means the hole needs to be big enough, or it needs to be on the outside. But it's neither. And it's not big enough. It's it just happens to be precisely the size a cruise mis missile would have caused to a building. We know this from other photos of cruise missiles hitting buildings. Yeah, it's exactly the same size. Doug Nelson on YouTube says, too bad the missing documents weren't made of passports. Yep. That's the problem, man. That's we need to make everything out of passports. That's that's what I'm getting out of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, where's the plane? <laughs> yeah. This plane had just as much jet fuel as the other ones. It was also going to California. It had enough jet fuel, apparently, to, to completely disintegrate itself, but this is all the damage it did to the Pentagon? It's a... So rookie numbers. It, we got to get those it, it numbers up. It didn't melt the Pentagon steel beams. <laughs> put it that way. Yeah. Um. And, and you could argue, well, this building was reinforced. The World Trade Center was reinforced against planes hitting it. The builders imagined maybe a plane accidentally hits these because they're really big. So they literally like that was in the designs. They, they were fireproof. They were they were protected against planes hitting them. Now, I think that they probably thought maybe a little plane accidentally hits this. So we got to protect and maybe they're not thinking 747s, but still. no, I'm pretty sure I read that they had said it could withstand a 747 in the in the designs. Yeah, we got to like find that. But like, I'm sure I'll look it up while you're talking. So memory. Hold. Well, then again, it's probably stupid memory hold because we're going to get in some stuff later on that. And I'll show you how memory hold it is. I'll show you the yeah. articles where every link is gone. And stuff like that. Yeah, this is I was going to say this for later, but I'm just going to bring it up now. We have said before that it's it, TikTok is interesting 
because it doesn't seem like they want to, they, they have any interest in covering for American conspiracy theories, right? Mm. So like we can do pretty well on TikTok as long as we don't talk about the LGBTQ IDGAF community and as long as we don't talk about COVID, right? Yeah. I found out I was wrong. As soon as I posted anything on 9-11, it was deleted, deleted. instantly. Instantly. Because you were telling me, you're like, man, why does nobody put 9-11 stuff on TikTok? Yeah. If you search for the name Osama bin Laden on on uh, TikTok, and I'll just show you guys this really quick. Uh, I've got it here somewhere. Here we go. Show this tab instead. Look, look what happens when you search the name Osama bin Laden. You get this phrase may be associated with behavior or content that violates our guidelines. Promoting a safe and positive experience is TikTok's top priority. For more information, we invite you to review our community guidelines. You can't even search for this stuff on TikTok. And I'm not saying TikTok is the like what we use for all of our research. I just find it funny that it's even memory hold in a Chinese app. I never thought China was involved in 9-11 until, until, until this week. Yeah, until this week. Now I have questions. Now I have questions. Yeah, for sure. Um, new footage did come out about of the Pentagon on 9-11. It came out this year and it was floating around Twitter. Um, and I just want to show it. Some people had questions about this footage. I just want to show it. I don't think do, it's... Do you want the audio or not? It doesn't matter. There's nothing really in it. I'll keep it low then. Yeah. But oh yeah, the audio is pretty bad. I think I'm just going to mute it. <laughs> I want to point out a couple things about this footage. One, I don't, I don't think there's any way this can be faked. Mm-hmm. I heard um, a lot of people say they think it's a, a deep fake or something. I'm not, I'm not seeing I that. But yeah, no plane. Um. The other thing I notice about this is that it's not a, um, this is 2001. This is not like grainy camcorder footage. This is, this is high quality footage for 2001. I think that this was a, well, it's just like the guy in front of him right there. He's got yeah. camera equipment. Like this isn't a news crew. This, this is a professional camera. There's a reason why they didn't release this footage. Mm -hmm. Like think about all the clips that were circulating and how badly people wanted to see any footage at all and, and make sense of what had happened. And this footage wasn't released until 2022. Or right. Either 2022 or 2023. I don't remember if it came out before the end of the year or not. I think it came out this year, but yeah. So yeah. 22 years later. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. And it's just so quiet. Mm-hmm. You know? You, you can hear people going on, but people are just kind of in stunned silence around this. Yeah. But no plane. Nothing. Not, this, not this a single thing. This should have at least thing. been B-roll on every news story for like yeah. months, right? And it just yeah. didn't because, again, you would be able to see there's, things aren't knocked over. There's no plane. There's, there's standing telephone there's, poles. I mean, there's not like not a single thing I could, I could remotely identify as a piece of plane here. It's not scorched like jet fuel was burning there for hours on end. Right. It's like a missile went in. It's exactly like a missile went in. Yeah. And and it's it's like our military did something that was very convenient for our military. Mm -hmm. Normally, thousands of people work in this part of the building, quite quite a lot, and and they weren't. Most people weren't there at the time. It was only a couple hundred. It was only the people they needed to die so that they could get away with saying, hey, these people died, so we don't have to release our budget. They had a, an excuse to have most people not in the building for renovation. Weird how weird how there was renovation in both the buildings um, that got attacked pretty pretty close to the attack. That's, that's so strange. 
Answered Seder about TikTok says, what do you expect from a Chinese spy app? I'm not saying it's not a Chinese spy app. What I'm saying is China has a vested interest in making America look bad, which is why yeah. TikTok has actually been pretty decent for conspiracy people if they're American-related conspiracies. That's why right. it's weird to me that the one conspiracy that shows that our government attacked its own people is banned from TikTok. That's weird to me. Yeah. Building 7. Let's talk about Building 7 yeah. because up until really recently, most people didn't realize that three buildings fell in New York. Um, three buildings, two planes. <laughs> I think a lot more people know now because mm -hmm. we've been talking about it a lot in the past couple years. But let's just, I want to show you a map of the World Trade Center complex and just talk about each of the buildings that were part of the World Trade Center. Because um, there were seven buildings and um, on a 16 acre lot. Do you have that? Oh, wrong uh, button. Yes, I do. Mm, there we go. But that's not it. There we go. Um, okay. There's just a little bit of a lag when I press it. Yeah. And you see it. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So you see one and two, which the footprint of these two is a lot smaller, even though they're massively bigger buildings. And then World Trade Center seven is all the way over here. All the way over here on Barclay Street. It's, it's it's actually the only one that's like so far, it's literally the farthest building away. The only one that's not in the World Trade it's it's World Trade Plaza Center, but it's not in that block. Yeah. 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 So let me tell you what happened to each of these buildings. Um buildings 1 and 2 and 7 collapsed in freefall into their own footprints on 9/11. Building 3 which is it was a massive Marriott hotel. It was split in half. Um, basically split in half by the collapse of building two. And then the half that was closest to building one was crushed by building one. And the half farthest from building one remained stored of standing. And we have a picture of that. Yep. Like crushed twice and still part of it is up. Um, buildings four, five and six were considered damaged beyond repair and were later demolished. Um, in one additional building, uh, the nearby St. Nicholas Greek Orthodox Church was crushed by Tower 2. And, and you'll see why in the photo. Yeah. Is it's it, it's uh, right, right in here? the path. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's really right underneath the building. So, of, of course, it gets crushed. Right. Um, but the, if you could go back to the little graphic real quick. Sure thing. Both of the towers collapsed slightly forward like okay. onto do you see saint nicholas greek orthodox church in this very bottom center it's yes, right I underneath yeah, tower yeah, two like right, both of yeah. both one and two came forward they didn't collapse backward onto seven but the narrative tower seven was not a small building it was small compared to one and two but it was a 47 story steel frame built massive building right still a skyscraper stick that in any city and you'd be like that's a skyscraper um the the narrative is that pieces falling off the towers um caught it on fire and that it burned most of the day and then it fell i know that building one falling damaged building six but did it set building six on fire in that same way even though it's in between one and seven. All, yeah, the only thing I've ever heard 
about six, five, and four is that they were damaged beyond repair and, and they were rather than try to repair them, they were demolished. Right. And then and so, then they fell in free fall. Yeah. Because of, you know, but controlled cause demolition. Because of a controlled demolition. That's, gotcha. That's okay. how you yeah. That's, so part, that's the official these, narrative. So every one of these buildings actually did get demolished and fall in free fall into its own footprint. Except for eventually. three. Except for three. Okay. Except for three. Well, maybe that little piece was, but Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, let's talk about the church again real quick. They rebuilt and and when they redesigned, they I just want to show you their website. This is this is the the wholesome Greek Orthodox church that it was. And when they redesigned, this is what they are. A shrine for the nation. <laughs> um yeah. this is just this isn't evidence of a conspiracy. It's just a thread we're gonna pick up later about how some of the symbolism around all of this stuff. Cause yes. this church <laughs> took a little turn, didn't it? It did, and we are definitely going to get into the symbolism, but this this will tie into stuff I'm going to talk about later for sure. Yeah. Okay, so Building 7 burned for seven hours. It is the only building in the history of ever, in the history of the world, before 9-11, since 9-11, ever, the only steel frame building to fall from fire, from just fire. It wasn't hit by any planes, we, we don't have this jet fuel wool weakened it. It falls because of fire. It wasn't fully engulfed. It was burning internally. Falls perfectly at free fall until its own footprint. That doesn't happen. It, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Yeah, this is the only one in history, right? Yeah, ever. And you would think it would be completely engulfed and then like one piece would fall and then another piece would fall. Like, you know, any, any house, mm-hmm. like my husband's a firefighter. D- does, um, <laughs> do buildings that are on fire, wooden buildings fall like this? Do they just I, completely free fall collapse into their footprints? I lived through two house fires and neither one of our houses that were burned to a crisp fell like that. There was pieces sticking up and all that. And I know it's different with the weight and stuff like that. That's the argument, right? The argument right. is that the weight of the water, whatever, I, I don't buy it. And, and you know what? A lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, architects don't buy it either. And this is, yeah. this is another part of the, the nine 11 stuff where it's like, trust the experts, except the 3000 architect uh, experts who signed a thing saying, this is not possible. Trust yeah. the one that's on CNN. You know yeah. what I mean? Trust the one that goes on Fox News. It's the same with all of this stuff. It's like trust this ex- this one expert that says what we want him to say and right. ignore the thousands of other experts on all these things, whether it's planes, uh, whether it's, you know, like how uh, NORAD works or how buildings fall and free fall or controlled demolitions or the guy yeah. that across the street tested the dust for thermite and found traces of thermite. Like yeah. ignore those experts. Yeah. Ignore everybody. Mm-hmm. Answered Seder asked, wasn't there a recording of the owner saying pull it, which is a demo term for run the demo daisy chain? Yes, I've seen it. And the explanation that they give is that he was talking about pulling the firefighters out of the building because it was unstable to save their lives. Because it would have been a lot of work to find the, you know, find the isolated clip because I saw it in inside other things. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's the strongest piece of evidence. I didn't, I didn't pull it for you. 
the thing is, if you if you believe this happened, it's going to support what you think. If you believe right. that it didn't, you're going to believe that he was pulling it's the firefighters out of mercy. Yeah. It's not going to change anybody's mind. It's one of those pieces of evidence. It's like it's interesting, but it's not. There's there's at least a rational explanation that's plausible from he was just yeah. telling the firefighters to get out yeah. for sure. And I'm sure some of you are going to bring up threads in the chat that we're not going to be able to get to tonight, and and that's that's okay. They're they're still we're not ignoring them because they're not good. Um, it's just limited time. I had heard, um, I, I made this claim last year, right? That this was the only steel frame building to ever fall from fire ever. Right. And, and some people were like, no, it's not other others have. So I, I went and I, and I found a fact check. I found the best one I could find. Uh, Cause I really wanted to know what, what buildings had fallen that, that I didn't know about. And I found this this article from skeptics at stakeexchange.com um, that has a complete list of all the buildings that have fallen from fire. Um, and it goes like this. You're really stupid for thinking <laughs> for thinking that others didn't fall from fire. Here are the two that fell from fire. Um, okay. There's a list of buildings which have collapsed due to fire here at the historical survey of multi-story buildings collapses due to fire. Scanning this document to include only buildings which are made of steel, not reinforced concrete steel. There's only two. And if you kind of read the fine print here, the Alexis Nikon Plaza in Montreal, Canada only had a partial 11th floor collapse. The building did not fall down. One of its floors collapsed. Okay. Not the same at all then. Not the okay. same at all. Right. Yep. Um, it was a five hour fire. And then it can, I'm sorry. This was in 1986, a five hour fire, which then continued for 13 hours. So I don't know what, what the does difference is. Does that mean that it was on fire for five hours, partial 11th floor collapse, but it kept burning for 13 more hours, I think is what they're trying to say. Okay. Okay. So that's even worse for this case. So what they're saying is after five hours, Part of a floor collapsed, but mm -hmm. it didn't bring the whole building down in free fall. As we're told, what would happen when a floor collapses? It's a daisy chain effect, right? Which is funny because that's the term for a controlled demolition. And then it kept burning for 13 hours and nothing else collapsed. You're correct. It's not saying <laughs> what they think it's saying. Yeah. Okay. One New York Plaza in New York, New York in 1970. Connection bolts sheared during a fire, causing several steel filler beams on the 33rd to 34th floors to fall and rest on the bottom flanges of their supporting girders. Again, this is not a full collapse. No, not even close. Yeah. Um, again, people, people have had 20 years to explain how this could have happened. And they've backfilled reasons that we never would have bought prior. Like mm -hmm. the thing happened and then they came up with scientific reasons to explain it. Like, oh, steel expands. Show me the other buildings who have been on fire that have fallen. There aren't any. Right. There are plenty that have burned for hours and hours, much longer than World Trade Center 7. That yeah, haven't 18 fallen. 18 hours instead of what, 45 minutes or an hour and a half right. or whatever. Yeah. Here's a... The, the example I gave last year of the building in Venezuela couldn't find it again. Absolutely scrubbed from the internet, but here's one. In I looked too. And I remember using that example last year yeah. because it was recent. It was, it was post nine 11. 
mm-hmm. and it was like fully engulfed in flames. But this is this is just as good of an example. This is the China Telecom building, 42 stories, very similar height to building seven. This was in 2022. That's yeah. why they haven't had time to memory hole it yet. Absolutely engulfed in flame. This building did not fall. And this was made in China. Yeah. Yeah, that's made in China. When you say engulfed, if you guys are listening and not watching this, when she says engulfed in flames, she means literally from bottom to top engulfed yeah. in flames. Yeah. This was not what Building 7 looked like. Buffering. I think they're memory holding it as we speak as we because speak. it's not working anymore. But uh, <laughs> Amazing. Anyway. Yeah, we'll see. Amazing. Okay. So who was in Building 7? Who were the tenants of Building 7? They were a bunch of banks, insurance, investment people. The largest tenant in the building was the Solomon Brothers. In fact, a lot of people called the building the Solomon Brothers building because they were most of the floors. But also, um, the Secret Service had offices there, the IRS, the INS, the DOD, the SEC, the CIA, the DOD. So, I'm sorry, I said DOD twice. (laughs) (laughs) So, everybody who would be capable of pulling something like this off. Got you. The CIA shared a floor with the DOD and the IRS. That's why it repeated DOD. Yeah, yeah, wow. Nobody, Nobody knew Nobody knew that there was a CIA office there until after 9-11. It was a, oh. it was a secret office. <laughs> um, I just think that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, the New York City Office of Emergency Management, including the mayor's bunker, uh, was also in that building. Naturally, Rudy Giuliani did not go there on 9-11. Answer Sater says, so all the spooks and their records were in that building? Yeah, it does seem like yeah. a lot of records are getting destroyed yeah. to, on this day. Let's, let's talk enough. about that. Let's yeah. talk about the SEC. Let's do it. Um, there are a couple articles, but you don't have to pull them up. Um, they, they basically talk about the, what was lost in the in the attacks. So one of the articles talks about um, the one we have on screen talks about that they were they were in process on a massive investigations on Wall Street into um, tech tech companies. So this uh, two thousand one, you you have the dot com. You know the internet's taking off. Right tech stuff is starting to take off. You have cell phones all of a sudden. You have a lot of like new types of companies and they're doing these massive um, investigations into things in that area. And um, they were really set back by this. I mean, their offices are destroyed. All their records are destroyed. They have to re like they have to re um, they have to get documents again from everybody they subpoenaed like all this stuff. They have to get it again. Um, they were <laughs> they were investigating Enron. Of course. They publicized in October. I'm sorry. The Enron scandal was publicized in October. Um, it kind of broke into it, privately. Journalists mm. got a hold of what was going on. And the SEC announced their investigation in November. So they were definitely working on it in September. Um. It's just lots of moneyed people had a lot of convenient records. To had some convenient reasons to, to, yeah. to want this gone. Sure. Um, people we already know, like people involved in the Enron scandal. We already know these are evil people, mm-hmm. right? I don't think it's difficult to believe that they were like, yeah, definitely get rid of that. Like definitely pull that building down. If you need funding, absolutely. 
Well, also, how many politicians had their hands in the cookie jar there? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of questions, and I think that we don't have to answer everything. Like, our job as journalists is just to say, hey, the narrative that this government is giving us, weird. Weird narrative. Doesn't add up. Doesn't stack up. It's not our job to come up with, like, every single specific thing of what happened and to, like, right. get it right perfectly, the narrative, like a counter narrative. Um, I think there's a lot of details that we'll never, ever know. Right. Um, this, this is the point I was making this week is like, it's not that we, it's not that the conspiracy theorists have all the answers on nine 11. It's that the, the story that's being told to us by the mainstream is so obviously crap. Right. And the questions are more interesting and closer and closer to getting to the truth than anything that the MSM has told us. Right. Yeah. The BBC reported that building seven had collapsed at four fifty four PM. Mm hmm. The building didn't fall until 520. That's convenient to them. This. In fact, they're reporting that it had <clears throat> fallen with it in the shot. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. It's yeah. really weird. Um, it's even weirder that all day, a lot of people seem to expect the building to fall. CNN reported at 415 that building seven was in danger of collapse. In fact, a lot of people throughout the day seem to expect a collapse, even though this had never happened in history. And this expectation that they had seems to have come from one or two people who identified themselves as engineers who were at the base of the tower, talking to first responders and spreading this piece of information around. And this, my source on this is, is Graham um, from that documentary I referenced earlier that this knowledge that the building was going to fall came from like two guys this who were just hanging out down there. This is classic revelation of the method. This is yep. saying, hey, here's a possibility that you never expected. So when it does happen, you won't think it's weird. So we're going to tell you over and over and over again that buildings can all of a sudden now collapse from fire. Steel buildings can collapse in their own footprint from fire. Mm -hmm. And that way, when it does happen, you'd be like, oh, well, we knew that was a possibility. But you didn't know it was a possibility because it's never happened before. In right. fact, it was something no one thought could happen. Right. We're John's making a good was point. was impossible. Yeah. Sorry. Um, John's making a good point in the chat that there is a difference between steel buildings and concrete reinforced with steel because concrete reinforced with steel when the steel gets hot, John's a firefighter, so he knows all this stuff. Um, when the steel gets hot, it can expand, which puts more pressure on the concrete, which can break, right. but that's not what was going on here. Building seven was totally steel, right? Um, but yeah, that's that's why you see steel reinforced buildings that have fallen due to fire and people point those out as like, see, this can happen. It's like that. It's not the same. It's a totally different thing. Though. Different construction. Yeah. Um, okay. A couple more points here. Just one. Actually, the 9-11 Commission report, the, the, the investigation that they did to try to silence conspiracy theories on 9-11. Guess how many times they mentioned building seven? None. Zero. Yeah, don't they don't touch it. Th this was actually and going back to what changed my mind on 9-11. It's that I had watched the memorials and grew up, you know, thinking I knew the story mm -hmm. and I did not know the building. So like when someone told me there was a building seven, I was like, what are you talking about? There's the two. There's the two twin towers yeah. and then there's the Pentagon and that that plane in the field. Yeah, it's like if you don't remember the day perfectly and I was pretty young, I was not uh, nine or ten. If you don't remember the day perfectly, it's like 
that just got memory hold and it worked. Mm -hmm. It memory hold for an entire civilization to where it was like, I swear it was around the last 10 years, five years where everybody started talking about building seven and everybody who had collectively forgotten about this thing, remembered it and, and and saw the footage for the first time even maybe, or or re saw it, but it, it was never talked about. It still to this day is not brought up in the memorials. It's not on the coins. It's not anywhere. You don't see the pictures of building seven, like hashtag never forget. Right. That's the one they want you to forget. They do want forget you to forget building it. seven. Yeah. Shanksville. Let's talk about Shanksville. Let's talk about Shanksville. Because people do still talk about this from a, that's from the a prison right? heroism. Hmm? Shanksville. That's the name of a prison, right? Yes, but we're oh, talking okay. about Shanksville, Pennsylvania, the field, oh, okay. the field where the plane crashed. Okay. Where the plane crashed. Uh, <laughs> People do talk about this one to talk about the heroism of people like this. The story is that the the people on the plane, the people on flight 93 banded together and, you know, in between calling their families incessantly, they came up with this plan to storm the cockpit and they stormed the cockpit and then, and they, they just nosedived this plane into a field Mm -hmm. heroism. The manifest was really light. Um, There's only 40 people, approximately 40 people on the plane. Um, let's let's look at the photos the official there's a national parks page government page that has a, a slideshow and we'll um, let me zoom up so aerial I'm sorry they're a little small guys aerial view of the crash site um let's see if we can find a plane all right let's just look because i mean this, this like you said it was a there's plane gotta crash a plane. there's got to be a plane somewhere Still waiting to see a plane. There's some there's some trees knocked over. Okay. Not as many trees as I would expect from like jet fuel melting steel beams. There's a piece. Trees. There's a piece of a plane that just seems yeah. to be conveniently set there. Another couple of pieces. Another pieces. Just a couple pieces of. That's it. There's no. That's it. Engine fuselage nope. wing tail section. Titanium engines. Titanium engines. Not there. Just this one tiny section. That looks like it was pulled out of a plane junkyard. Yep. Okay. It's just placed on the ground. Right. And the overhead of the whole area is that. Yep. Okay. Okay. So, so again, this plane disintegrated itself. <laughs> it, this plane disintegrated its titanium engines, but they found a passport. Those passports, dude, I'm telling you, if they would have built the planes <laughs> out of passports, that none of this would have happened. No, if the planes were built of passports, the damage would have been unstoppable. Yeah, it would have been like an unstoppable, for, immovable. It'd be like running a diamond, yeah. like a massive diamond into the World Trade Center. Just. Yeah. Now, pick one, right? Either, either you say this plane was so full of jet fuel, this wasn't a typical plane crash. Normally, with a plane crash, even if the plane hits the side of a mountain, normally you have some pretty visible wreckage. But you're arguing that it had so much jet fuel on board and it hit the ground so hard and so fast that it basically disintegrated itself. You can either have that or you can have a passport, but you cannot have both. There's also no burn here. There's no burn. There's no bodies. You have a passport, but you don't have bodies. There's no bodies. My favorite is if you read the whole list, it's like a passport, a bandana and a (laughs) T-shirt to identify like a couple of people. Right. Yeah. This doesn't make sense. No. This is this is the 
everybody pull together and fight your in common enemies. 9-12, let's go to war, let's roll message. This mm-hmm. this was like the censure, right? You guys are strong enough to f- to fight your attackers. You can take them on and you can save people. This this was the message. They needed this part of the story. It wasn't enough to have the towers. It's, it's the you it's the you should die for your country message. Yeah. 100%. Yes. Yeah. No, I personally think that the Pentagon was an add-on. I think Rumsfeld was like I don't mm-hmm. I don't even I don't even think whoever was in charge of the day knew that the Pentagon was going to happen. I think Rumsfeld was just like, huh, I, I know exactly what I can get away with right about now. Opportunistic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe it was part of the plan, but I, I kind of think it, it could be either way, honestly. And I'm going to get into some occult symbolism stuff at the end that could point towards either direction, but yeah, for sure. Solid. Yeah. Yeah, I've always wondered if he was like, who, huh? Planes, towers. I always wondered if the (laughs) Pentagon was like just an opportunistic add on. Yeah. Like I can, I, I have the ability to scramble a cruise missile like right now. Right the only now. thing that makes me like cut against that narrative is the fact that there was nobody in the office. That right. Day. They did really set it up that there weren't yeah, very yeah. many people there. So at least maybe it was yeah, like a late right. edition. I don't know. Or Rumsfeld knew the plan mm-hmm. and built his plan. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. it wasn't necessarily, it doesn't jive with the rest of the narrative super well. It doesn't. And that's another one. Like, I feel like even the Pentagon stuff doesn't get talked about the way that the Twin Towers get mm-hmm. talked about. Even United no 93, like United 93 yeah. was like the thing for a long time. And now it's right. kind of like, let's not talk about that. Because what do they have to show for it? Like Nothing. what they can show you is two towers coming down. They, they right. don't show you the third tower. They don't show you the Pentagon because it's there's nothing like the, right. the, the, the video footage isn't there. Doesn't exist, supposedly. And then they don't show you United 93 because what are they, they going to show you? The movie? But they're not going to show you the, the field. They're not right. going to show you the wreckage because there's nothing. They talk about the phone calls. Mm-hmm. They used to talk about the phone calls a lot. They barely talk about the phone calls super hard. anymore. I'm just going to read you one. This was allegedly from Flight 93. This was passenger Mark Bingham. Um, he said he... It, here's what the... Here's what it says. He dialed the same number and spoke. He, he had previously tried to dial the number, then he dialed it again, spoke um, to a family friend, and then with his aunt, and finally with his mother, and they were all in the same place. Mm-hmm. When the aunt answered the phone, the caller was Bingham. This is all in quotes from the report. Bingham said, the FBI report, because the FBI interviewed her about this. Um, so, source, FBI. So, <laughs> This is Mark. I just want to tell you I'm on a plane and, and it's being hijacked. The aunt then got a piece of paper and asked Bingham what flight he was on. Bingham replied United Flight 93, which I have never ever been on a plane where I knew my flight number off the top of my head. Nope. But, you know, maybe that's something you look at when you start calling people. I don't know. When, when she got on the phone... When, when his mother got on the phone. So, so the aunt, all she said, all she says to him is not like, goodbye. I love you. Nothing like that. What flight are you on? <laughs> and r- writes it down. And, the, and then the mom gets on the phone and says, um, he, he said, this is Mark Bingham. He says to his own mother after his aunt's passing it off. This is Mark Bingham. Not this is your son. Hi, mom. This is Mark Bingham followed by I want to let you let you know I love you I love you all 
I'm on a flight from New York to San Francisco and there are three guys who have taken over the plane and they say they have a bomb. I'm calling you from the air phone. And then his mom asks, who are they, Mark? Again, weird response from the, from a mom. It's a, it's a, all of the phone calls are weird. In fact, let me know in the chat guys, if you, if we can find the, cause again, last year we could, I'm not sure anymore with the, the way the research mm-hmm. is going. If we can find the phone calls, like the recordings and transcripts and did a video where we just read or listened to them and reacted to it. Is that something? Cause I would love to just sit down and listen to and read through these. Cause they are the weirdest part of this whole thing. Like so one dude strange. called his gardener. They're so in strange. His final minutes. I want to keep, keep on with this particular yeah, call yeah, for sure. She says, who are they Mark? At first he's distracted and doesn't answer. She wasn't sure if he had heard the question. There was an interruption for approximately five seconds. Bingham then stated to his mother, you've got to believe me. It's true. She says, I do believe you, Mark. Who are they? There was another approximately five second pause, similar to the first wherein um, the mom heard activity and voices in the background. People were murmuring. There were screams. The mother got the impression that her son was distracted because someone was speaking to him. Then the phone went dead. Nothing about this call makes any type of sense to me. Nothing. I mean, is this weird? (laughs) Mom, you've got to believe me. (laughs) I know. I'm not not lying. (laughs) Honestly, what you pointed out is still stuck in my head. Who knows their flight number? Who's like ready with it? Because if someone asked me that, I'd be like, oh shit, Uh, let me find my ticket. Right. Right. It's not like, hey, mom, these people took the plane. Here's the plane number. Uh, you have to believe it. Make sure this gets out to people. Like doesn't want to answer who reads. they are. Yeah. The only thing I can think of as far as like why he would have known the flight number is if people around him were already talking, already calling, already trying to report it in flight attendants saying United flight 93. You know, if, if, if it was already I guess, like I guess. part of the conversation, I've flown quite a bit and I've, I never, never know my flight number. Of, I never thought of it. Even after nine 11, I never thought right. of like, I got to know my flight number. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to do with the phone calls. Um, they're fake. I, they have to be fake, right? Like they, they seem so staged to sell a narrative. Yeah. Right. Right. But some of them seem like they're really bad, even for a stage narrative. So mm-hmm. I, I just, they're weird. <laughs> um, I know we haven't got into this and there's a lady out there. Maybe we could bring on the show at some point who uh, claims to have knowledge of them, like stealing these planes and taking them somewhere else, right. like getting rid of these people. Right. And the planes that were flown in were essentially remote controlled. That's mm-hmm. that, that explains why that jihadi that couldn't fly a Cessna was able to hit this perfect thing because right. it had to have been remote controlled. Sure. It just makes me think like if that's true and I'm go- going a little off the rails on this one. Sure. If something like that is true, are they holding these people hostage, giving them scripts scripts? Yeah. Cause that's yeah. the only thing that makes sense to me. Cause they, like then the family would, be, it would be real, right? Those people would be able to say, no, my son really called me. Here's the, the phone call, but they're just so right. Scripted. But even the mom's responses and the aunt's responses are scripted are weird, weird for sure. And, and the source on all of this is the FBI. Right. So none of it makes much sense to yeah. me. The, but the phone calls from all of these flights are where we get all of the pivotal information that is then used to start the TSA. It's the knives and the box cutters. It's, it's all the information that's pivotal in getting airport, airport security legislation passed. They need these phone calls for those bits of information. 
um, and for some of the heroism narrative. Yeah, 100%. Um, big question for me that I've never been able to answer, and you kind of said this, is like, what happened to the people on the manifest for Flight 77, which hit the Pentagon, allegedly, and Flight 93? Well, um, at least if, those if they were, two, they had to have been high. Like, that's why you said this was in Flight 93, right? Right. Those people had to have been kidnapped, right? I, I think so. I think these two flights were taken somewhere. And I guess what I don't understand entirely is if they were already going to kill everybody on Flight 93, why, why not just run it into the ground in Shanksville? But probably because suicide bombers were willing to do that for their cause, right? Mm-hmm. They were willing to be talked into doing that by their FBI handlers. And we know that the FBI can do this because we've seen it on one six. We've seen it in the Whitner, Whitmer fed napping thing. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. But you can't really talk um, a holy war person like for your holy war, fly this plane into, into a field in Shanksville. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work, but they needed that for the narrative. So, yeah, a lot of people say they think that that plane was what was supposed to hit Tower 7. I I don't buy that narrative for a lot of reasons. A, because there's no plane. And two, because it does seem like that part of the narrative was important. And that part right. of the narrative, as I said earlier, is you, the American people, have to be willing to die for your country. That's what patriotism yeah. is. And that's, that's exactly what, is, what you yeah. want to sell people if you're going to give them uh, two endless wars. A war. Yeah. yeah. Here's a couple more strange threads. Um There's a Washington Post article. I think it's kind of paywalled, but I'm going to talk about it for a second. September 11th, 2001 was a New York City primary for local officials. And because of what happened that morning, it was postponed until the 25th. This this Washington. There's a Washington Post article. You can look it up for yourselves about Bloomberg. I pulled it up earlier, guys, but I didn't want to pay for it. So I apologize. It says even Bloomberg's mom thought his mayoral bid was doomed. Then 9-11 changed everything. That's the headline. Mm hmm. Um, the subtitle is the deadliest foreign attack on American soil helped make Mike Bloomberg's New York mayor and now a, and now a presidential contender. So this was published in, in 2020, um, when he was running for president and it openly states that like this guy had no chance. Nobody thought he had a chance before nine 11. And because of how he conducted himself during the tragedy, he suddenly had a chance later that month when they rescheduled the primary. Keep that in mind for what I'm going to talk about later. Okay. But that's important. And it also reminds me of Cuomo with 2020. Mm. Remember the daily, uh, you know, basically his version of the fireside chats. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Um, there's a quote in this article that I thought was interesting. He's, he, uh, it's a conversation that Bloomberg and Giuliani had Rudy Giuliani, but Giuliani told Bloomberg what he told any Republican running in his city. Republicans can't win in New York unless there's a disaster. Giuliani recalled warning or let's say things are really bad. So, um, yeah. Okay. That's, that's, that's that thread. Do without what you want. Um, here's another thread I want to pull on anthrax. Anthrax. Do you you all remember like the anthrax scare? I remember the anthrax scare because my family was living in Africa (laughs) And we were getting, pa- we, we would get packages from the United States and we were so aware of like the threat of anthrax being in the mail that we were worried about packages we were getting. <laughs> it was insane, <laughs> but like, it was just, yeah, that's what it was for a while back then. That That's another kind of memory hold part of this. Yeah. 
is that was a huge thing for at least a year. It was like in the news as much as anything else. Yeah. Freda says get talked about anthrax and quicksand two of the biggest fears of my childhood. You know what's funny so about true. that is uh, I have not ran into anthrax. But I have <laughs> actually ran into quicksand. You would you and your luck would run into quicksand. It does sound like it wasn't it me though. Like That's you. the crazy part. <laughs> I was like, man, I thought quicksand was going to be a bigger thing in my life. And then I was, I don't know, 28, 29 or something like that. No, 27, something like that. And uh, I was, I was watched a guy fall into quicksand. It was really, <laughs> it was really strange. Amazing. Where was yeah. this? It was in Louisiana. I was at um, uh, Fort Polk. Is that what it's called? Um, basically yeah. hell on earth. JRTC. And uh, apparently we heard that there was quicksand down there. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And uh, we were on a, we were on a, I was in a Humvee and I was looking out the window and I was watching this guy walk across the field and then (laughs) right into the quicksand up to his elbows. What was disappointing is that he got out of it really quickly. And I was like, oh, Oh. come on. There has to be that struggle and that moment where he's like laying down the guy, like handing the log (laughs) in his fingers. It was not cool. He just like, oh, I'm in quicksand and I'm out of quicksand. Yeah. 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 Anyway, is it true that you just have to like swim through it basically? I, I don't know. It wasn't, it must not have been that big of a, been that deep or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was deep. It just wasn't that big because the edge of the quicksand was like right in right front of there. him. Just like able to grab the, you know, got it. it. Yeah. It's weird. All right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I want the whole scene with the donkey and the rope and the pulling. And- I know <laughs> I didn't get to see any of that where like he was like, you know, just his hands were above and then he ended yeah. up spitting out like <laughs> yeah. sand and yeah, it was not dramatic. Darn. I know I was, right, I, I was robbed guys. I was robbed. <laughs> Let's talk more about anthrax. Right. Can't believe it wasn't you that found the quicksand. Though. Uh, yeah, we have a TikTok that kind of sums up all this stuff, and and the documentary I referenced also does a really good job getting into the anthrax stuff. And they have a couple different perspectives on it, so I'm going to talk about them both. Okay. Forgotten conspiracies: the 2001 anthrax letters. In 2001, several senators received letters in the mail that were laced with anthrax spores. This is actually one of them. 17 people were infected in total, including the postal workers that had handled the letters. Five people died, two of which were senators. So, of course, the question is, who did it? Well, it happened a week after September 11th, and the letters had death to America, death to Israel, and Allah is great written on them. So, pretty clear who the culprit is, right? Wrong. Anthrax is an extremely controlled substance. It's very difficult to find even in the wild anymore. So when they started looking into the strain and where it might have come from, it led them to this guy, Bruce Ivins. Bruce was actually a researcher on anthrax vaccines. This man had spent 20 years of his life working on an anthrax vaccine, the program of which the government was just about to shut down. 20 years of work down the drain, not on his watch. Just as the FBI was closing in on him, he unalived himself with a bunch of Tylenol uh, causing liver failure, which is actually probably one of the worst ways to go. Sounds awful. Even with his suicide, his plan worked. The anthrax vaccine program was magically rejuvenated and refunded. Immediately after the attacks, FBI Director Robert Mueller blamed al-Qaeda, of course. They even had a $2.5 million reward for anybody that could provide information. Sounds like they want to figure out what happened, right? Well, not even three weeks after the attack, they destroyed the anthrax stockpiles that they had. They even destroyed the samples 
that tied Bruce Evans' lab to the attacks. This is, hmm. meanwhile, McCain, Bush, Cheney, everybody is out there saying this must have been Iraq, this had to have been Al-Qaeda, and there's only a handful of people in the background saying, I don't, I don't think this could have been made in, in some cave in the desert. Luckily, we can see all this information now. It's a wonderful rabbit hole if you want to look up more. There's thousands of details that, that I haven't even mentioned. There's Bruce's mental health issues. There's supposedly hidden messages in the letters that he sent. It's, it's insane. But now picture this. It's 2001. This story is breaking as, as you're watching it. And somebody comes and tells you, I think this was planned. I think this was an intentional attack to bolster support against Al-Qaeda or, or some, some nefarious purpose. I don't think this was a real terrorist attack. You would have been called crazy. So keep that in mind as you watch today's events unfold. You might be watching a conspiracy in real time. Absolutely. Frida asked a question really quick. She says, wait, why would we have stockpiles <laughs> of anthrax? I don't know if I even brought this up, guys. It came up in my research. But uh, if you want to know where that lab is and you want to know what the connection there is, it was in Fort Detrick, Maryland, yep. and this was a continuation of Project MK Naomi. It actually <laughs> did come up in my research, but I had so many interesting things to get to with MK Naomi that I thought I'd save anthrax for a later date. But yeah, there it is. Anthrax is a continuation of that project. And we were talking about you know military bases and how I haven't seen anthrax. I have seen ticks. We found out the ticks and, yeah. uh, and Lyme disease yep. comes from the same program. So same program. if you guys want to go back and watch the episode of MK Naomi and see how our government actually creates supervisors viruses and then uh, or biological weapons and then creates uh, vaccines for them and, and uh, all of that stuff. That's why Anthony Fauci kept making it clear. We didn't do this thing in China. We did it in Fort Detrick, Maryland. Why are you guys not listening to me? <laughs> and I was like, guys, he's not lying about he's that part. Lying. Like that you should pay attention. They're still doing Project MK Naomi. It's they never went away. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. So Gra Graham's uh, take on this was slightly different than he presented it seems like if you look at it, there's other there's other links of the various alleged hijackers back to this anthrax thing, um, including like shared. Um, what are they called? Gosh, real estate agents mm -hmm. like somebody had the same real estate agent as like. It, yeah, it was weird, but it seemed like what we were supposed to find the bunny trail we were supposed to follow is the same people who did 9-11 also put this anthrax plan into motion. And so it was supposed to be this like one, two punch of terror where yes, they can pull off this massive act of war, but they can also do this insidious. It could be anywhere. It could be in your home. You don't have to live in a big city to have to be afraid of this. Anybody, anybody could get touched with this anthrax thing. Even if you're living in Africa and you're getting mail from the United States, you could be scared of this. Like that was the narrative. Um, and, and this, yeah, Osama bin Laden did this, Al-Qaeda did this, and that's what the narrative was supposed to be. They memory hold this whole thing because people found out too quickly yeah. that, that they created it themselves. And the guy who went down for it, I wouldn't be surprised if, if his lab did create the anthrax that was used. Mm -hmm. And if it was something like, if you want funding for your department, you're going to need to provide us a bunch of anthrax and not ask questions. And so when, he, when everything happens, he realizes. So when the FBI comes for him, he has a reason to unalive himself. Yeah. The rabbit hole does go deeper. The, yeah. I know he said it was, it's a TikTok, so we can't go all in yeah. there. But yeah, there is a much deeper thing that it's, I don't, 
I think some people could watch that TikTok and insinuate that it was just this guy working on his own because right. he didn't want his research to go away. And that's not the case. Yeah. But maybe we'll get into it in a future episode, like in, in depth. But definitely part of this whole narrative. It was supposed to be mm-hmm. part of this whole narrative that, that pulled us into war. Right. Um, okay. Let's just mention the project for the new American century real quick. Um, Cause this comes up in all of the discussions. It was a, is a report in 2000 that argued for a level of military readiness and presence throughout the world. Um, it was higher than what we had at the time. It argued against post cold war budget cuts. These were people who were used to the height and strength of our military during the cold war and didn't want it to go away. Uh, is who, who did this. Um, Dick Cheney and Donald Rumsfeld um, were, were part of this. 10 of the 25 people involved in this project went on to be in Bush's white house there's one particular quote from it that like stands out and it's further the process of transformation, even if it brings revolutionary change is likely to be a long one absent some catastrophic and catalyzing event like a new Pearl Harbor. So they argue for the necessity of this change. And then they say, but the process of getting here is going to be long unless there's some sort of catastrophic catalyzing event. Yeah, like a new Pearl Harbor, which was the false flag. <laughs> we need to do an episode on Pearl Harbor. We will. We will. We need to do that. Lusitania. Uh, what was the the Naraya testimony? Mm. There's so many. It's uh, is there a, is there a war we've gotten into? Legitimately, since, I don't since, know. Yeah, when I don't know. N- not since World War One. I. I mean, hell, like this is why I thought we were legitimately going into Ukraine last year, right? And I think it fell. Was it last year or two years? I don't know. Last but year, yeah. Uh, because it came out pretty obviously that we blew up a pipeline and tried to blame it on Russia. Mm-hmm. It just didn't work. Didn't work Weird. this time. Yeah. Yeah. So a little too used to those false flag attacks. A little too used to them. That's yeah. the thing. The same people that recognize that our government does this, they're fully capable of doing this, doing a big thing to manipulate us into a getting into war. Don't want to believe that this, this is what happened on nine 11. It was the same people that were saying Joe Biden blew up the pipeline. Yeah. Yeah, 100% yeah. for sure. Okay, so here are some outcomes. So obviously the war um, was the biggest outcome. This incredibly uh, long war, but airport security was another um, immediate outcome. And I want to show you a headline from a newspaper that I got my hands on from 9-12. So this is literally the day after. First newspapers that come out. And... Um, it's, it's not the top headline. It's this one at the crease that you can't read very well. So I'll read it out for you. U.S. airport security screening long seen as dangerously lax. So day one, this is the Wall Street Journal. Day one, they're reporting what happened and they're saying, and let's point a finger. U.S. airport security screening long seen as dangerously lax. And the article goes on to talk about how they've been discussing legislation to beef up security and it's like damn they should have passed that legislation already could have avoided this so what you're saying is they had a solution but they Mm. needed a problem and a reaction to the problem yes yeah yeah, that's that's coming up Mm -hmm. i'm going to be talking Mm -hmm. about that in a minute but yeah um i want to show you another just i i got i got my hands on this whole collection of 912 newspapers and um i just want to point out this is the day after, and they're already labeling this an act act of war, USA Today. Mm-hmm. Infamy, the Washington Times. Uh, like, 
Daryl a day that will live in wrote his song. You know what I Pearl mean? Pearl Harbor. Yeah. 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 Uh, these, they, they already had their, it feels like they already had their marching orders. It feels like they already knew what the narrative was. This was an act of war. The day after this happened, I, I, I don't understand. I want to understand why something like this happens in the immediate assumption without any investigation, without any particular evidence is that this was an act of war by another country. Nobody was like, did somebody inside our country do this? Did somebody who hated the World Trade Center do this? Mm-hmm. Was this an Oklahoma City situation? Like They had that narrative before uh, the right? bombs went off too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, why does it immediately, why is the immediate assumption, oh, this must have been this guy who's on the FBI's most wanted list did this. Right. I don't, I don't know. It just, it seems really quick to, to get to a very, like nobody knew who Osama bin Laden was until that day. And then all of a sudden they're like, yes, everybody, we all think it was him. The only person who knew was Alex Jones who said he was going to crash planes into towers like a month before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. I think we covered that last year, but yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, but then I think even worse than the war, um, which is hard to say is the Patriot Act. Mm-hmm. Um, massive legislation. It was introduced to Senate um, by, you know, by a senator. And a lot of people thought that he he wrote it, but he didn't. It, it came straight from the White House. The White House gave it to a senator and he introduced it. It was long. Um, nobody had a chance to read it. And everyone was basically told, if you say you want time to read this, you hate America. You support what happened. You're not a patriot. Right. If you ask any questions, if you have any issues with this act, you are an incredibly shitty person. And you're definitely not going to win reelection. One senator voted against it, which was a Democrat, Russ Feingold. One person stood in the way of the surveillance state, and it was a Democrat. Like, <laughs> one person, one person. He's that, he's that Chinese dude in front of the tank is what he is, right? Yeah. yeah. More people in the house stood against it. Um, it might've been like, I think it was Which 40 or so. Usually what happens. Yeah. But um, one Senator, God, and, and, and in hindsight, like this was incredibly evil, like just stripped privacy rights from citizens. Like in the name of anyone could be a terrorist. Your government can spy on you. And we've seen the effects, uh, the ripple effects of that going oh my through God. the rest of history. Yeah. It's never gotten better. It's only gotten worse. Yeah. It's incredible to me that a Republican led um, a Republican. Like the Republicans did this. Like we were in power and yeah. we did this. We see this. I, I think we I used a tragedy to do this. I think I said this before on a different episode where I was like, look, I can see the Democrats wanting that type of power. It, it fits with mm-hmm. their belief system. Right. The reason it, this had to happen under Bush mm-hmm. is because this is how you sell Republicans on this idea. Right. You get them mad about patriotism. The, yeah, yeah. It's the patriotism. You get them mad at the the Muslims and then you get it right. Yeah. So as long as they can say <sighs> these people hate your hate you because your freedom, they hate you because you're Christian. Mm-hmm. That's how you sell a surveillance state to those people is they have to be the ones who feel like they're on the right side of history and they wouldn't have felt like that with any other scenario. Yeah, it's it's not. It's incredibly good, but it's not particularly um, intricate. Mm-hmm. Like 
It's actually pretty simple. Like if yeah. you just get a smart person who understands human nature to be like, look, we have this legislation we want to push through because obviously it was already written. It was so long that they couldn't even read it in the Senate yeah. in the time. Like, of course, they didn't have time to write it post 9-11. They didn't just have like chat GPT whip it up. Right. Right. Um, oh, my God. We could talk forever about that, but I have an, one last little thread I want to pull on before I kind of hand things over to PJ to do a couple, okay. a couple things. Um, was Obama was Obama was Osama bin Laden CIA? What? This was one of the like the fan favorites when I asked you guys what you wanted us to cover regarding 9-11. Um, shoot, the cast just got in. Um, <laughs> Somebody's going to mark that off on their bingo card. <laughs> While you're playing this, I'm going to take care of the cats and give myself a little break. But this is this is a good coverage of the Osama bin Laden thing. All right, let's do it. In light of the Taliban entering Kabul, it's important to remember the history of the U.S. in Afghanistan prior to 9-11. In 1979, the Soviet Union invaded Afghanistan. To get revenge on the USSR support in Vietnam during the Vietnam War, the U.S. launched Operation Cyclone, a CIA program to arm and finance the Mujahideen, an Arabic term that refers to Islamic guerrilla fighters who engage in jihad. Operation Cyclone was one of the longest and most expensive covert operations in CIA history. In 1987 alone, the U.S. provided $630 million. The Mujahideen on the CIA payroll included a number of infamous figures, including Osama bin Laden, and led to the formation of Al-Qaeda. The Mujahideen defeated the Soviet Union and eventually took Kabul in 1992. This new government fractured into rival factions, and one of these factions formed, you guessed it, the Taliban. Did you know this history? Yeah, there's a long history of this happening, guys. It's not the first time, it won't be the last time that our government funds the exact people who end up being our enemies the next day. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember ISIS, which was just another continuation of this. So somehow they got all of the uh, Toyotas cut with, with 50 cows. Just when we pulled out of Afghanistan recently, what do we leave behind? We left behind tanks and cruise missiles and uh, Humvees and all that stuff. So that's just, that's just a waiting in the wings kind of thing. Don't you think Afghanistan at this point with all the mm -hmm. stuff we left there? So, yeah, I want to continue with this idea about Osama bin Laden, and I want to get into that and some of the occult symbolism surrounding 9-11. Is it, was it a mass ritual? Was this CIA asset, right? Yeah. Uh, and then the question becomes, was he a CIA asset who went rogue? Does he still work for the state? And to answer that question, I think it's important to understand how deep state control works. And Abby touched on this a few times, and people in the chat were picking up on this. We're going to talk about the Hegelian dialectic, right? And the Hegelian dialectic is this idea that was proposed by George Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel, and, the, and he was a 19th century German philosopher. And there's a lot of different ways to explain this. I'm going to give you just a few buzzwords that are going to like make this make sense. What, what it gets called by people like, I think David Icke coined this, one of the few good things the guy did. <laughs> His commentary on 9-11 was not bad. No, no, no. He's done some good work. Yeah. I uh, just got a, you know, turquoise love triangle, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> we had a, we had some negative reviews on iTunes because we were too mean to, to David Icke. Oh my God. Uh, I'm not going to stop being mean to him. He's a loser. Anyway, um, 
But it, it comes down to this. You have a thesis or problem. You have the antithesis or the reaction or the synthesis, the solution. And what happens is these people have the solution and they need the problem and they need the problem to cause a reaction in you to get to the solution. This is why things like the Patriot Act can be written well in advance and then they have the problem and you are going to immediately go to the solution. What was the other? You brought up another example a second ago. Uh, TSA, right? Yeah. The TSA. Long time. The TSA. We knew this was a problem. <laughs> we had. We know, and we had the legislation for solution, but yeah. we didn't. We didn't have a, a fake uh, video call saying box cutters took over a plane. Right. right. Now we've got the fake, and we got your reaction because we've, yeah. we've emotionally charged the the country, and this was most succinctly said by uh, famous Nazi Hermann Göring, and he, this is his quote. He says, "Why, of course, the people don't want war." Why should some poor slob on a farm want to risk his life in a war when the best he can get out of it is to come back to his farm in one piece? Naturally, the common people don't want war, neither in Russia nor in England, nor for that matter in Germany. That is understood. But after all, it is the leaders of the country who determine the policy, and it is always a simple matter to drag the people along, whether it's a democracy or a fascist dictatorship or a parliament or a communist dictatorship. Voice or no voice, the people can always be brought to the bidding of the leaders. That is easy. All you have to do is tell them that they're being attacked and denounce the peacemakers for lack of patriotism and exposing the country to danger. It works the same in any country. If I didn't tell you at the beginning of that, that, that was a Nazi, Herman Goring. <laughs> yeah. You would have thought this was somebody saying, oh, well, this is obviously what happened in 9-11. Right. We told them they weren't patriotic, that they're putting their country in danger. And if they don't go and die on foreign soil, then they hate America and apple pie and babies and their grandmother right. and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. They want the Terries to win. And this this was said by a guy who was part of the, Reich, the Reichstag fire. And if people don't know, I'll just give you a quick example how these things happen again and again and again in history because they work. I had a football coach that told me one time, he's like, I don't care if the other team knows our play, if it works. I'll keep right. running the ball up the middle every play if they don't stop it. If it, Yeah, if it works. That's exactly what this is, right? They don't even have to be creative. If it works, it works. Um, this is another, like, Bush wasn't smart enough for this. They've been running this play yes. for decades and decades. He didn't need to be smart enough for this. It was also, already in the playbook. Also, the idea that Bush is a mastermind and not a puppet is just ignorant. Like, you said you said it's, it's the... American right today that has a, it has always been the ones with having a problem accepting right. 9-11. Right. What do they fully accept today? They fully accept that Joe Biden is not in control right. of anything. And they most all of them are like, accept Obama's running it behind the scenes. Yeah. George Soros is running him. Kamala Harris is more of the president than he is. Uh, when, when the White House comes out and says, well, Joe Biden didn't mean that because the Joe Biden administration meant this. Well, who's the Joe Biden administration? It's right. not Joe Biden. It's not him. And everybody accepts and knows this now. So the fact that they right. think that he's the first is just a little beyond me. And most, I think, now recognize that Bush was part of this whole club, right? Yes, he, and that's he was why I don't get with why everybody. It's, yeah, that's why, like, he he didn't like Donald Trump, and he was, like, buddy-buddy with Obama. He was part of this. this whatever you think of Trump, you could think he's a deep state asset or, or, or a, a mole or fake or whatever, part of the play. I'm just saying it was part of the club. Right. Right. So the Reichstag fire was this arson attack on the Reichstag building. It was the home of the German parliament in Berlin. And on Monday, February 27th, 1933, precisely four weeks after Nazi leader Adolf Hitler was sworn in as chancellor of Germany, 
which I find the timing interesting Mm -hmm. considering Bush was only president for eight months. Uh, Hitler attributed the fire to communist agitators, which it wasn't. (laughs) It was totally done by the Nazis. He uses a a pretext to claim that communists were plotting against the German government and he and induced president Paul von Hindenburg to issue the Reichstag fire decree read Patriot act for Nazi Germany, suspending civil liberties and to pursue a ruthless confrontation with the communists. It's the same story with different. It's a, it's a mad lib with different, with different words filled in. Right. Fill in the blanks. Right. So this is how it's always worked. You create the villain. And as a kid, I had assumed that Osama bin Laden had released videos claiming responsibility because like you pointed out, they knew he did it within minutes of the plane hitting the tower. Right. So apparently you know, he had sent a, a press release that morning, like, hey, you'll, you're going to know when it happens, but like, I did it, right? Like, that's what you kind of assume. Right. Even now, even now with that footage, official, well, it's been scrubbed except on things like uh, loose change and a few documentaries yeah. you pull up, but it's really scrubbed from the internet, but it's people who know now, right? And people can find it if they really look. Officially, even today, The story is that at 9.30 p.m. on September 11th, so many hours after the media reported that it was Osama bin Laden. Right, right. George Tenet, director of the CIA, told President George Bush and the U.S. uh, senior officials that the CIA's counterterrorism center had determined that Osama bin Laden and al-Qaeda were responsible for the September 11th attacks. Oh, source CIA. How they came to this. Got it. Right, source CIA. Osama bin Laden ties to CIA. That's Mm. not even disputed, right? Huh. But they know this. They know that their guy did it. I wonder how they know that their guy did it, right? <laughs> Weird. Right. So strange. Uh, so, but how did they know? How did they know? Right? Uh, so what? just off of, I mean, you've probably done the research now, but like if you hadn't and you were thinking to yourself, trying to remember back, you saw the, the video, Osama bin Laden walking on the, the cliffs and saying, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I, death to America, right? Yeah. When do you think that came out? When do you think the American public had that video? I think it like at least within a month. It was a month. Yeah, it was a month later. So okay. a month after they knew he did it, right? It was, but okay. but that's not even accurate. On October seventh, two thousand one, Bin Laden released a videotape stating that Amer- quote America has been hit by God at its most vulnerable point, destroying thank God its most precious prestigious buildings. Mm. That's it. A month so later, just all he like says, happy all about he it. says, yes. A guy who would be happy about it says, I'm happy about it. Damning. Damning evidence. Damning evidence. Damning evidence. And guess what? This video came out just after the U.S. and NATO launched strikes in Afghanistan. After. 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 Okay. 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 Bin Laden did not claim responsibility for these attacks in that recording. Okay. November 10th, 2001, U.S. military forces in Jalalabad found a videotape of bin Laden. This has been debated as fake, but whatever. This is the official story, right? But it wasn't until December 13th, 2001, that the United States Department, uh, State Department released that video, and it was aired with this accompanying English translation, as I'll read to you. Hmm. Quote, we calculated in advance the number of casualties from the enemy who would be killed based on the position of the tower. We calculated that the floors that would be hit would be three or uh, three or four floors, I was most optimistic of them all. We had notifications since the previous Thursday that the event would take place that day. We had finished our work that day and had the radio on uh, from Muhammad from the Egyptian family was in charge of the group. The brothers who conducted the operation, all they knew was that they had a martyrdom operation. And we asked 
each of them to go to America, but they didn't know anything about the operation, not even one letter, but they were trained and we did not reveal the operation to them until they were there just before boarding the planes. Mm -hmm. That was December 13th on December 20th, German TV channel called Das Erst broadcast an analysis of the white house's translation of this video. And what they said, and this was backed up by many others at the time until they were told to back off of saying this. Two independent translators and an expert on Oriental studies found uh, the White House's translation had to be both inaccurate and manipulative, stating at most or at the most important places where it is held to prove the guilt of bin Laden, it is not identical with Arabic and that the words used that indicate foreknowledge cannot be heard at all in the original. Okay. So BBC, Germany, and other governments, other experts are saying he did not claim responsibility in that video. Didn't happen. We had a translation that said, this is what he said, but we don't speak Arabic, right? So people just took it at face value that that's what he said. And the experts who listened to it are like, he didn't say that though. You know what else happened in December of huh. 2021? Huh, what? Osama bin Laden died. I'm not, I'm not joking. Hold on. Get this. Get this. Osama bin Laden. Uh, oh, that's the wrong one. Hold on. Report bin Laden already dead. December 26, 2001. Osama bin Laden had a peaceful death due to an untreated lung complication. The Pakistan Observer reported citing a Taliban leader who allegedly attended the funeral of the Al Qaeda leader. The coalition troops are engaged in a mad search. This is from Fox News in a mad search operation, but they would never be able to fulfill their cherished goal of getting Osama alive or dead. It just goes on to say this dude died from lung complications, from sickness. And what we also have to back this up is that this was the story that's also been kind of scrubbed. Actually, some of these sources don't pull up anymore uh, about how he was allegedly getting treatment for his kidney failure from the CIA in American hospitals in Dubai 10 days before 9-11, right? We've got a French reporter that went out the year before that's like, yeah, he's on a dialysis machine. This guy's dying. I give him two years to live at most. This was in the news for anybody who knew about Osama bin Laden and, you know, world news in The Guardian, in the BBC. Right. All these places saying, you know, the French journalist did the, his last interview with him is like, no, this guy's oh, this guy's on his deathbed. December, okay. December, of, uh, December of 2001, we have all of these reports. Here's the Telegraph. U.S. cast outs on bin Laden's or uh, I picked up the wrong one. Yeah. Picked uh, on his latest message saying they think he's already dead. Al Qaeda leader was already dead. This is this is this keeps happening. And in fact, I've got a whole thing here of links. Uh, here's another one. New York Times, a nation challenged the pursuit. High level murmurings that bin Laden is dead. Anonymous.com or dot or anongroup.org has all these links. Look at every YouTube videos down. Almost none of these links work. Wow. But I've listened and watched older podcasts where they the links were still working a few years ago. Yeah. And they were showing the BBC, CNN, Fox News, The Guardian, oh the UK, God. all saying, and, and some of these were a year later. So you could say the beginning was murmurings and it wasn't true. Mm -hmm. A year later, they were saying, yeah, no, he's been dead this whole time. We're, we're like now confident that right. Osama bin Laden is dead. Nobody remembers this. I don't, but I was in Africa, so I wasn't like actively watching TV. Um, so you're telling me that a guy who 
had a really good shot of having already been dead before September 11th. No, he died two months after September 11th. Two months after, but like was on a dialysis machine for kidney failure. Like well known that he would be dying, like dying in plenty of time to, to turn him into the character they wanted him to be without him being able to refute it. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's the guy. But, you yeah. know, let, let's move on. So he's okay. dead. But in, in, fe- in February of 2003, Colin Powell told the United States Senate panel that he'd reviewed a transcript of a message from bin Laden saying mm. that he was in a partnership with Iraq, oh. which was to be broadcast on Al Jazeera, who also previously had broadcast. He was dead. But get this. Ah. Al, Al Jazeera said they didn't have this tape. Hmm. Al Jazeera said, I don't know what you're talking about, Colin Powell. And then at 8 p.m., they receive a tape. Huh. And this tape gets played and the quality of the recording was said to sound like bin Laden and America invaded, before deep fakes were and, cool and America invaded Iraq a month late, less than a month. Oh later. my God. So based, so the, on, based oh. on this one audio recording that of a guy that they'd just been reporting is dead. We killed so many people mm-hmm. and lost so many of our own people Yeah, because of a tape recording that was probably fake. Almost certainly fake. I would go. I would say it's fake. Yes, this shit doesn't. This shit doesn't stand up in a court of law. We go to war over evidence that doesn't would never stand up in court. Yeah, yeah, but it's okay because because in in October of 2004, three years after he died, we have the smoking gun. We have the smoking gun that he did 9-11, right? So shortly before the U.S. presidential election on October 29th, 2004, Arab television network Al Jazeera broadcast an 18 minute videotape of Osama bin Laden where he addressed the citizens of the United States directly for the first time in three years after mm. not of never claiming this terrorist attack. Mm. Uh, according to the English, according to the English translation distributed by the BBC, he tells the viewers he personally directed the 19 hijackers and described his motives. He said, quote, I will explain to you the reason behind these events. I will tell you the truth about the moments when the decision was taken so that you can reflect on it. God knows that the plan of striking the towers had not occurred to us, but the idea had come to me when things went just too far with the American Israeli Alliance operation and atrocities against our people in Palestine and Lebanon. And guess what the reaction was to this 18 minute tape? Deputy CIA Director John E. McLaughlin noted in a meeting, quote, bin Laden certainly did a nice favor today for the president. And in Mm. 2004, right after this tape was released, George Bush received a six point boost over Kerry and won the that was his October surprise. Oh, my God. He was losing the election until this tape. Which was fake. These things make me so angry, like like working where I work with veterans of these wars and. And just seeing the spread of it, like it's yeah. so maddening once you get down into it and see how evil this is. And and here's what's crazy. I'm not the only one saying it's fake. CBS News or NBC News was Bin Laden's latest mm. video faked in 2004. Like There used to be real journalism. <laughs> there used, there to, be used some. to be real journalism. There used to be some, but it just gets memory hold. Like there was real journalism from all these people saying, yeah, no, like if you read the articles, I'm not going to go through them because I'm, I'm trying to cut down on time. They're like, it seems convenient for the Bush administration. It seems mm-hmm. like this is fake. How are we trusting this evidence of a, of a tape that sounds like him? How are we trusting this evidence where every expert is, is listening to it that speaks that language saying he's not saying that thing? Why are we still talking about this guy that we all reported died in December of 2001? Yeah. People, people who were close to him said they saw him at his funeral. He looked peaceful. He, all of this stuff. And instead, what we get is we get 
where I don't know if I still have this article somewhere. I'm sorry, I got a lot of stuff pulled up. We basically we get this 2011 raid, mm-hmm. and in this or 2012, 2011, 2012 raid on the Bin Laden complex in Pakistan, mm-hmm. where the 25 minute raid just happened to not come through on the cameras. Just blackout for the entirety of the raid. Mm-hmm. Everybody told different stories. The Chinook crashed afterwards, killing most of the people who were there. Most of the people who were in it, yeah. One guy wrote a book saying that he killed bin Laden, and the government sued him over telling secrets. And then another guy has been going around for years saying he killed bin Laden, and nothing happens to him. Right? So, like, one guy says, I killed bin Laden, mm. writes a book about, it, like, you can't say that, sued him, $6 million, something like that. Another guy is on every talk show, every TV show, that you can possibly think of recounting this raid in the news story. They said that they got, they said that they got DNA evidence within an hour of killing him that proved it was him. But we lost that evidence, even though that's impossible to do a DNA test within an hour. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't bring back the, back the body. <clears throat> they couldn't bring back the bodies. They had to drop in the sea and then get this. You can read different official government reasons for it. The first one that they realized wasn't going to fly was that, this was a proper Muslim burial at sea. And then the Muslim scholars- We gave our greatest, what? Right. I'm sorry. And then the Muslim scholars said, hell no, that's not. We don't drop our dead in the sea. That's not a thing. And they're like, oh, sorry. What we meant was that if we buried him, they would build a monument to him, except that he was a Wahhabist and that's forbidden in their religion to have memorials. This is ridiculous on its face. Why would we give our, our greatest enemy any type of respectful burial? Right. Why wouldn't we like- bring his body back to the States, burn it in a ceremony and then stomp on the act. Like, why wouldn't we do that? If, if, if he really did this to our country, why wouldn't we do that? Why is a good reason? Cause we didn't do it for either of his sons, right? We didn't bury his sons till weeks later. So, and I, again, some of this stuff's hard to find. So I just, I want to show a small clip from loose change which is one of the last things on the internet I can find, which actually shows some of the weirdness of how this is not the same guy in these videotapes. Mm. So check this out. To the attacks of September 11th, which they claim to find in a house in Kandahar, Afghanistan, except there's a number of things wrong with this tape. One, the tape itself is of very poor quality. And two, the man in the video looks and acts nothing like bin Laden. According to the FBI's website, Osama is left-handed. Yet, in this video, he's writing a note with his right hand. Not to mention, he's wearing a gold ring and watch, which is forbidden by Islamic law and is also never mentioned in the FBI's description of him. Compare this video to four other pictures of bin Laden. Does anybody else see a problem here? By the way, you th- you'd think you'd until think, the government can prove you would think that the ones where he's old and gray are later. Some of those are yeah. earlier. The yeah. one on the bottom right was like after the one on the top right. <laughs> Just, no sense. Right. He got younger, even though he was dying of kidney failure in, in 1999. Oh, my God. So make sense of that. So. I brought all that up to they have their boogeyman. This whole thing is fake. They have their fake boogeyman. I want to talk about the idea that this was more than just a fake terrorist attack, that this was an occult ritual. And in order to stand, in order to understand this idea that it could be again, more than just a reason to get us into war and the Patriot act that these deeply occultic free Masonic people that that run the government really wanted this to be a cult ritual. You have to understand three things. Well, I will give you a a really brief overview on these topics. (laughs) This is not going to be in depth guys. So if I make little mistakes, it's because 
in order to understand these things really deeply would take way more time than I have today. Even people who study theosophy and Kabbalah for years are like, it's still a little weird and hard to understand. But uh, you have to understand tarot, Kabbalah, and Freemasonry and what the symbolism there is surrounding 9-11 and how they all link up to mean the exact same thing. So in that, I've got a couple of slides. Um, I wouldn't even talk about this yet, or is that for later? Sorry. We'll talk about can, that later. Yeah, we can talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. We'll probably talk about the rumble section or something like that. So the first one is this tarot card called the Tower. And just looking at the picture of it, it it's for people who are listening, it's a big tower with people jumping out of it to their death after being struck with lightning and lit on fire. And in this, you know, you've got this really feminine version of it where it's like, oh, it's thoughts of love and this and that and the other. Uh, but it, uh, the only reason I brought this one up is because it says that the ruling planet and the ruling element of this is fire. And the ruling planet is Mars, mm. Aries, the god of war, because the real explanation that's not given to the, you know, stupid uh, teenage girls who are into tarot because they think it's neat and cute. Yeah, is that this is a, this represents sudden change and shifts, unexpected chaos, lack of security and structure, upheaval, the rug being pulled out from underneath your feet. You can find this everywhere around this, unless you go to those like really girly tarot sites, like, Oh, tarot's cute. Um, but yeah, it's, it's sudden change. It's everything that nine 11 is represented in this tower. And I mm -hmm. find this interesting too, because I wonder how much Steve Jackson just like based his card game off, mm, of, tarot, off of tarot, Kabbalah, things like that. Cause it seems like tarot, you've got the terrorist nuke, two towers getting hit. You've got the Pentagon on fire, this combined disaster card. And the only reason I bring up Steve Jackson's Illuminati card game it's just to show those pictures and then to say, I really want to deep dive on that right. in a future episode. Just to be clear, if you don't know, these cards were made, made in 1982. In the, yeah. And then released throughout the 1990s. Like, look at them. This is and, insane. And these are not the only examples of things coming true that were written, that were in these cards from Steve Jackson's card game. So that'll be an interesting one for the future. But what I think is important to understand is these three images. And the one on the left is what we're going to talk about first. This is the Kabbalistic tree of life. This is the Sephiroth. And this, again, this is going to be a really watered down overview, but it's important. So all of those nodes that you're seeing, the 10 Sephiroth, they're the chakras, right? So you've got this left-hand path over here, which is known as this control or severity path. Also, some people will call it thesis, which keep that in your mind. And then you've got this right-hand path, which is submission or mercy or antithesis. And then right in the middle, you've got this middle path, uh, which is where all of these chakras align, right? So you've got all these nodes that go right up the middle that supposedly go from your chakra from, your, I don't know, what's it called, your sacrum or something all the way up to the, your crown. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not saying this because I believe this stuff. I'm not pushing Kabbalistic ideas or tarot at all. I think it's all awful. But this is what they believe, and that's why this is important. To the, okay. to the symbolism of the elite, to the symbolism of the Kabbalists and the Freemasons and the Gnostics, this is what they believe, and that's why I'm bringing it up. Not not pushing these ideas. Right. Not saying, I'm, you know, you have to align your chakras. But they believe you have to align your chakras. And that middle path is that. It's the aligning of your chakras. It's the kundalini spirit. Mm. It is wisdom. Hmm. Now, this middle path, this middle picture is, it comes from Freemasonry, but I would say this is way more just a straight up Gnostic thing. Mm -hmm. 
And what this is, is these are the two pillars. This is the pillars Boaz, and some people call it Jehoiakim, um, but I think it's um, Yakim. Mm-hmm. And this comes from their butchering of and, and stealing from the Bible, which is in Second Chronicles 17. It states, Behold, and he raised up the pillars before the temple, one on the right hand and one on the left hand, mm-hmm. and called the name of the one on the right, Jaquin, and the one on the left, Boaz. So you can see the B mm. and the J, and they represent things like sun and moon. Uh, and in all Freemasonic temples and rituals and things like that, you have to enter between these pillars. Mm-hmm. When you enter between these pillars, you're entering into a sacred space. And what what do you have in the middle of this one? Is that something you recognize? It's some sort of goddess. It's it's the sacred feminine, also known yeah. as Sophia, which ah, is the Greek word for wisdom. Wisdom. Which, if you guys remember our talks on on Gnosticism, Sophia is part of the Barbalos. She was the one who had uh, thoughts outside of marriage is the only way to describe the weird thing. She mm. had a thought that her husband didn't uh, permit and that created God. It created Yeldaboeth, aka uh-huh. the God of the Bible, the God that created the heaven, that created earth. And um, she's the one who also created Jesus. So she's the mother of God and the mother of Jesus. And she comes down and helps uh, Jesus fight against, like in Gnosticism, Jesus okay. and God are not uh, simpatico. Jesus okay. is all about the vibrations, man, and the yeah. light energy. And he was actually more of a vibrational mirage. He didn't actually exist in the physical. Mm. And the idea is that you're trapped on this prison planet and you have to be able to go through these pillars and ascend into the sacred, uh, okay. through, through this middle path of Sophia or wisdom. So you've got two pillars and then a middle path that you need to find between With, them. Yes. Okay. The, th- the third one on the right here is a Freemasonic temple. So you can see the checkered floor, uh, which again, it goes right back to Gnosticism. It's the whole duality thing. Mm-hmm. And the idea of duality, I, I should explain this a little bit. Duality is not saying that there is good and bad. Mm-hmm. It's saying that they are equal. That mm-hmm. is that is the, the heresy of this, right? So it's the idea that God and, and the devil are equals. And uh, that you, the true balance, this is also shown in, in like a yin and yang symbol, is the balance of, of the light and the dark, the good and the evil. It's, it's literally the story of Star Wars, the, right. the whole balance of the force right. thing, right? It's a very Gnostic Buddhist text. And these all are, theosophy is just taking from all of these. These people are all taking from all of these. So you'll hear Buddhist terms, you'll hear Hindu terms, you hear Freemasonic and Gnostic terms. It's all the same thing. So these are, Corporate wants you to find the difference between these pictures. They're the same right. pictures, the point, okay. right? Yeah. So I want to read this from, just so you don't think I'm making this crap up. I'm going to read from the Grand Lodge of Rhode Island about these symbols. So you can see that it's Freemasons who are making this connection, not just me. So it says, when the two pillars find equilibrium, it is said to generate a third pillar, one in the middle, which esoterically represents man or mankind will also signify the union of Sushuma and Kundalini. Hmm. This sacred marriage will create and radiate throughout the human body, filling it with divine light. It is then that humanity will become the third column wisdom. Okay. In Kabbalistic teaching, so this is this is Freemasonic, and now they're talking about Kabbalistic and making the, the, the inference I was just making that it's the same. Okay. So I'm not making that up. In Kabbalistic teachings, the pillars represent the Sephiroth, the tree of life, and symbolize mercy and severity. So that's mercy, the right-hand path, severity, the left-hand path. Mm-hmm. When, interrep- when interpreted Kabbalistically, the name of the two pillars mean, in strength shall my house be established. 
In the splendor of mental and spiritual illumination, the high priest stood between the two pillars as a mute witness to the perfect virtue of equilibrium. Mm-hmm. That hypothetical point equidistant from all extremes. Thus, he personified the divine nature of man, the mysterious Pythagorean monad. Monad is a Gnostic term, by the way. So okay. when I'm saying they're all the same thing, they're using all of this interchangeably. Okay. Uh the monad is, it's hard to explain. We'll get into another episode, but it's part of the Barbalos, part of the God that created God, the Godhead of like 24 men and women pairs. Gotcha. Uh, where did I get lost? The Pythagorean monad in the presence of duad. The column on the right, Joaquin, has its foundation on the chokma, the outpouring wisdom of God. The three globes suspended from it are the masculine potencies. Uh, the column on the left, Boaz, has three globes surrounding or suspended from it, which have feminine represent, uh, receptive potencies. Okay. It is acknowledged that these three pillars are ultimately united in Malkuth, in which all powers of the superior worlds are manifested. The teaching of the Tree of Life are a very heady subject, and to understand them, one must study intensely to understand their purpose. That's, okay. So it's confusing. Yeah. So pause me if you have questions. I'm, um, I'm getting there are two two pillars and you want them to become one so that you can ascend to some sort of higher understanding. That's what it is, right? The two okay. become one. In in if you were going to do if you were going to do a massive ritual, mm. and I mean a a huge ritual to bring about a new age to enter between the pillars between the left hand path and the right hand path, mm-hmm. you would need the symbolism. Of two becoming one. Okay. What happened to the World Trade Center? Um, that's a great question. Well, it fell in free fall, and then they rebuilt it, but it's just one tower. They they rebuilt the two towers as the one World Trade Center. That's literally what they call it, right? The one World the Trade one Center. The one World Trade Center. The two became one. It's the it's it's the symbol. And then mm. look at this. What's the difference between these two pictures? Um, one of them, they're the same picture. <laughs> they're the same picture. You have the left, hand, the left hand pillar, the right hand pillar, the middle pillar, and then the mm. all-seeing eye above it. That is, that is the same. Oh, picture. Oh, the Pentagon you're saying is the the all-seeing eye. The all-seeing eye over top of the three pillars huh. of Freemasonry, of Kabbalah, of Kabbalah, mm. of Gnosticism. It's the same damn thing, right? Hmm. So the point I want to make is what was the point of the ritual, right? Like if okay. this is a mass ritual, if they're trying to, to show you the symbolism of two becoming one, I have a theory and it's okay. going to sound crazy. <laughs> it's going to sound a little crazy, but I think it has to do with. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Age of Aquarius. I think it has to do with the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Okay. So, all right, so hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I'm having too much fun with this. This is getting unhinged, guys. Uh, full unhinged at the end of the <laughs> show. So many astrologers <laughs> see the age of Aquarius as the time when humanity takes control of the Earth, and it's. I'm gonna be reading these off of people who are like pro age of Aquarius stuff. So like, I'm not making this up either. Yeah. Many astrologers see the age of Aquarius as the time when humanity takes control of the Earth and its own destiny as its rightful heritage. With the destiny of humanity being the revelation of truth and the expansion of consciousness, and that some people experience enlightenment in advance of others, 
and therefore be recognized as the new leaders in the world. This ah. is what we've been hearing since Bush's speech in 1991. We are on the precipice of a one new world order. In fact, there's another quote. I don't know if I have it up here from 1994 from Rockefeller said basically the same thing. I lost that one. I have this one, this other one from 1991. If we're talking about the, the, the idea of the one world new world order coming into the public consciousness in 1991 with George Bush, yeah. we've got this from uh, a transcript to the Bilderberg group. Uh, where Rockefeller says, we are grateful to the Washington Post, the New York Times, Time Magazine, and other publications whose directors have attended our meetings and respected their promise of discretion for almost 40 years. It would have been impossible for us to develop our plan for the world if we had been subject to the bright lights of publicity during those years. But the world is now more sophisticated and prepared to march toward a world government. The, superna the, the supernatural sovereignty of an intellectual elite and world bankers is surely preferable to the national auto-determination auto practiced in past centuries. And if you think this guy's joking, in 2002 in his memoirs, he said, some even believe that we're part of a secret cabal working against the best interests of the United States. Mm. Characterizing my family and me as internationalists and conspiring with others around the world to build a more integrated global political and economic structure. One world, if you will. Ah, uh. If that's the charge, I stand guilty and I'm proud of it. Wow. Yes. So there's also talk, going back to the age of Aquarius. There's there's two different there's a few different looks on this, right? One, uh -huh. Some proponents of the medieval astrology suggest that uh, the Pisces world. So to, I'm not a, a astrology yeah. person, but Pisces is the age that we're supposedly in, mm -hmm. and some new agey kind of Christians, I think, I think anyway, will be like, oh, it's Pisces. And maybe they're, maybe they're right, but they're saying like, it's, we're in Pisces. It's the symbol of the fish. It's the symbol of Christianity reigning on earth. Uh, I don't know. Ah, uh, okay. But they want to get rid of the Pisces and they want the Aquarius. And it's, okay. so the proponents of the medieval astrology suggest that Pisces, um, is, uh, is that the Pisces world, uh, where religion is the opiate of the masses will be replaced in the Aquarian age by a world ruled by secretive, Power-hungry elites seeking absolute power over others. Oh, wow. This has been an idea for a long time. It's not new. That knowledge in the Aquarian age will only be valued for its ability to win wars. That knowledge and science will be abused, wow. not industry and trade. And that the Aquarian age will be a dark age in which religion is considered offensive. Wow. So you could say, <laughs> you could say, seems could like we're moving we're, into. We're there, yeah. Yeah, we're there, yeah. right? Seems like we're there. There's another view that suggests the rise of scientific rationalism. So this is the pro-Aquarian age view from the same saying the same thing, which is that uh, combined with the fall of religious influence, the increasing focus on human rights since the 1780s, the exponential growth of technology, plus the advent of flight and space travel are evidence of the dawning of the age of Aquarius. So when did this begin is the question, because we, we just finished and we're going to tomorrow night, we're going to be talking about uh, on our unhinged show. We're going to be talking about Dan Brown's Gnostic Gospels and this idea, you know, the Da Vinci Code and, and all of his books and stuff like that. What just happened? Am I still here? Am I still yeah, here? I, I think so. Okay. Yeah. We just read that. And in that, he talks about the, the dawning of the age of Aquarius being a sign of uh, the Gnostic Gospels rise, essentially. Yeah. Some people, but there's, there's all this debate because he kept saying 2000 was when they believed the age of Aquarius would come. Ah. Uh. In that in that book, in yeah. uh, which one, the Da Vinci Code was was that one. Okay, but there's all this speculation. Some people say thirty five hundred, you know, thirty 
3,556 AD. Some people will say whatever. Yeah. But there's a lot of people who thought or believe that it was going to start in 2012. And others say 2020. And we'll get back to that one. But the 2012 phenomena, as you recall, <laughs> was, you remember the whole mind? Yeah, the whole, stuff. like, the world is, yeah, going to be yeah. ended. Yeah, it was this range of estological beliefs that the cataclysm or transformative event would occur on or around December 21st, 2012. Wow. And a New Age interpretation uh, held that that date marked the start of a period during which the Earth and its inhabitants would undergo a positive physical or spiritual transformation and that it would mark the beginning of a new era. Hmm. Was this what they're working towards with the One World Trade Center? Because it wasn't open to the public until 2014. So the two didn't become one right until 2014. Right. Sort of. Sort, sort of. of. Because the One World Trade Center was topped out in August of, 2020, uh, of 2012. Oh. And its spire was shipped from Quebec to New York with the first section of the spire being hoisted on top of the tower on December 12th, 2012. That's strange. Right? 12, 12, 12? Yeah, it's, it's strange, right? That they um, picked that day? Okay. And maybe they were going to finish it by December 21st. Maybe that was the goal, but damage from Hurricane Sandy caused enough delays that the spire wasn't fully installed till January of 2013. Huh. So I don't know. It might line up, but there's another theory, okay. and this is the wave theory. This is what I'm going to end with, so I'm okay. sorry if this is a little long-winded, guys. I haven't even been looking at chat if everybody thinks I'm like a nutbag at this no, point. No, no, they're enjoying it. Uh, <laughs> I told you guys I'm going to get on Hinge tonight. Uh, wave theory is this theory of the shifting great age uh, suggests the age of Aquarius will not arrive on a given date, but instead is emerging an influence over many years. And it's similar to how the tide surges forward incrementally rather than all at once. Mm. So this idea that they are doing the rituals, that they are pushing things forward. What, yeah. what, what's the story we just saw this week? It was Klaus Schwab said 2030 is not close enough for agenda 2030. Right. We, we had need to speed have it the up. UN and WF sign a thing to speed it up. Mm. And when, when Biden was elected in 2020, I said, I think that we see change. I think this is, I, I change happens slowly and then it happens all at once. That's all why it stuck out to me yeah. is it feels like we've been in this all at once period. And some people would point towards the COVID stuff as another mass ritual event to push forward this age of Aquarius to gain the control. If you, if you think about the two biggest events in our lifetime that have brought control to the elite that have brought them, as it said earlier, some people are going to rise up and control other people in this age of Aquarius. Mm -hmm. What are the two events? They're September 11th, 2001. And then the COVID stuff of 2020. Yeah. And it seems like both all those dates and all the symbolism just lines up that they are trying I truly really believe that I'm that, that, like, it right. sounds crazy. I'm not saying I believe in the age of Aquarius or Kabbalah or whatever the elites do. And they're trying to make this a thing, right? They're trying to make fetch a thing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, well, can we bring up the pictures of the, of the nine 11 Memorial? Yeah. yeah let's, let's do that. Uh, <laughs> PJ's definitely a bag, but we're enjoying it though. Thanks. Um, Let's see. Yeah. 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 So this so is got, what it looks like now. Yeah. So this is an aerial view. Um, you've got the footprints and they're basically inverted. Um, there are these, these black squares from, from above, but when you get down on them and I've been, I've been here in, in, in person, um, they're massive. You can see the people for size comparison. They're, they're absolutely massive. Holy smokes. They that is have, way bigger than I thought. Yeah. 
Yeah, these towers were big. I didn't um, see those people till you pointed it out to me, and I'm the one who put the pictures here. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a there's a pool in there, and then it falls down. Um, this in, inner shaft. Um, it's it's a it's an eternity pool. Um, and it is meant to look as if the water is going down forever. Um, that the towers have been inverted into the earth. Um, at night it's lit up where it kind of looks like there's fire on the edges of the water here. Um, it's very satanic. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. Like this is, this is bottomless pit shit. Yeah. Um, it it seems like really, uh, it, it's like we killed you and placed a satanic black cube, like void void there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, okay. Your memorial, I'm not, your memorial is a is a pit to hell. Like yeah. that sounds really disrespectful. Like, are we disrespectful for asking the questions, or is that more disrespectful? To put a pit to hell memorial to the yeah. people who died there. I, I don't know. I, I remember when I went there, and this was before I knew what was happening. Um, but sometimes when I go to to places like this, to monuments like this, I get a really incredible tension headache. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it very commonly at the uh, obelisk in DC, the Washington monument. Um, I got it here really badly. Um, it is, it's a, it's a satanic site. It's the same headache I get when I walk into a bookstore and there's a Ouija board in there. Mm-hmm. Like I can just tell, <laughs> I just have to find it. Um, but revelation, like I'm not, I'm okay. This is one of those weird coincidences and I'm not really about the weird coincidences sometimes, but I want to bring this one up. Revelation nine 11. Um, they have as King over them, the angel of the bottomless pit. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek, he's called Apollyon. Nine. It's real weird. Bottomless pit. The, yeah. Like, here's the thing. They didn't overlook that, right? Yeah. It's, they it's don't, weird. They don't do these things on accident. It's, it's weird that, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm in a lot of pain and I, I don't have it in me to do a rumble section, but I do, you okay. know, let's do a couple wrap up thoughts real quick. Yeah. Um, I'll stick around with, well, no, we'll, we'll end for tonight. I'll, I'll read your guys' uh, stuff on tomorrow's show or something like that. Abby's, yeah, we'll get, we'll get to the, we'll get to your memes. I'm sorry, guys. Abby's not feeling well, so I'm, I could tell and I'm sorry that I kept it going. No, it's, really, it's okay. We, this was an important, I think this is an important episode. I think we covered a lot of important stuff, but it's just a lot here. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's there's been a real push uh, on Twitter. I saw a lot of people who were like, well, tell us the theory. Like, if if, if you have questions about 9-11, you have to tell us your theory of what happened. I'm like, we've been, we've been telling you. We've been telling the theory for for 20 years. Some people have been, have been telling you the theory and you're acting like it's not out there, but it's been memory hold. And so it's convenient for them that like, and they're like, be specific, be specific. And I want to be as specific as we can at the end just to like hit that. But I also, mm-hmm. again, I don't think we have to have all the answers to say there's something wrong with this narrative. But I think that we're saying that this was the destruction of, of the two towers was something that was in the zeitgeist incredibly like people who were making art we're imagining this over and over and over again. It was everywhere. Like look, look at, um, look at accounts that go into nine 11 weird stuff. And, and like, I've, I've been looking at them all year. I've seen so many, like 
is it, I mean, is it in the hundreds or is it closer to the, the twenties to fifties number of like different individual instances of it appearing in pop culture? It's, I don't it's even know. Lot. There's so many. I mean, we, we could spend a whole episode going through how there was like a, a video game of crashing pla- the planes into the Twin Towers in 1997 yeah. or how there was a movie with Samuel L. Jackson with that plot or Chuck Palahniuk wrote a book where that was the plot or right. it's Everywhere. over and over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. This is something that was imagined by so many people. But Bush gets up there and tells us this was a failure of imagination when they were practicing war games that day uh, about hijacked planes. Um, They, they planned this. They wound these guys up. These, these hijackers, I think, I think, you know, actual Muslim men actually flew planes into the towers right. as part of their holy war. I think that we know that the FBI is, is well capable of that kind of manipulation. They've been working on it for ages with MK ultra. Um, they've, they've done it over and over. We know that they <laughs> orchestrated one six, like, Oh, and, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when, and when like people you said say earlier, the Gretchen Whitmer thing. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've seen this over and over and we'll talk about them even more. Cause I think we're going to do some, some more of these um, things where the FBI wound somebody up and set them loose, but that they knew exactly how they wanted to use the disaster. They knew when they wanted it to happen. They knew how they wanted it to happen. They executed it and and it feels like it's this big, massively intricate plot, but it's not. Like right, you just yeah. set charges at the bases of the towers you want to go off on the day that you're expecting the planes to fly. You know what flights you're, you're, the FBI handlers know what flights they're on. The charges are placed a month, two months in advance. However long Turner construction was working like it didn't, it didn't take much, right? Right. Like they yeah. set the charges and they just wait for these guys to be ready to do their thing. They try to get them on nine 11. They get them to nine 11. And then, and then Rumsfeld knows this is going to happen. It's like he, you said, it's the same MO. Part of it's up. always real people, and then part of it's the FBI, which is the MO of every one of these attacks. Every right. terrorist attack. One six, the Gretchen Whitmer thing, on and on and on again. You know, uh right. we'll eventually cover the why why can't they with the damn it, what's the one we keep saying we're gonna cover? I oh, see um, Las Vegas? Not, no, well, we're gonna cover that too. Oklahoma uh, City? Oklahoma City. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. We'll do that. So and then, then they were ready to go. The minute it happened, they were ready to go. There wasn't this like fumbling around. Oh my God, I, I could never have expected this to happen. They were ready to go with every narrative and they got it out there. And, and it, it, it took, it was so fast to get everybody from a point of confusion to a point of unification over a single enemy. Right. And then yeah, a they bunch had of, the, they had yeah. the narrative. They had the problem reaction solution ready to go. And it was clear in the way that the media reported it. And there are, there are things I have questions about. There are some things where I'm like, the conspiracy theory could go either way. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not attached to the idea that there was no plane in Shanksville. I just think mm-hmm. that they definitely, if there was, they definitely didn't find a passport. Like, I'm, there are some parts of the theory where it's like, okay, if you debunk that, that's it's also the least important fine. part. Like, the plane could have gone down. It wouldn't change the rest of the theory, right? It's just right. weird that there's no evidence of a plane outside of one tiny piece. Right. And then your whole narrative is built around these phone calls that yeah. shouldn't have been able to happen because they shouldn't have been able to connect. <clears throat> it's um, there's just too many things that don't make sense. Like there were definitely lies in the story and best case scenario. Like 
this happened and they mobilized real quickly. They were like, oh shoot, this is great. We've been, we've been hoping for a disaster like this to really like, you know, when they're just waiting for a hurricane to push their narrative out, like maybe mm-hmm. I don't, I don't care. Like it's obvious that they lied about a bunch of stuff. It's obvious that they used it to do despicable things like the Patriot Act, even if nine 11 is the tragedy is just, even if most of the narrative is true, what they did, the Patriot Act, the war, everything was, was terrible opportunistic. Yeah. We, we knew that Bush wanted to go to war with Iraq before this. Right. Right. And, and I think that, Oh, sorry. A couple final points um, Mm -hmm. that I just don't want to miss. I've always thought that our response was ridiculous to, to, to do, to do a war with two countries over this, to feel like we had to hunt down one person. What they destroy our two most you just do a similar attack like you just take out a whole city and 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 call it quits right you just bomb the shit out of baghdad or no it would have been afghanistan um whatever just just well, send honestly, a similar message like don't fuck saudi with arabia us. if anything because most of the hijackers are saudi arabian but right yeah like you send a message don't fuck with us but that comes back to osama bin laden if osama bin laden wanted to send this incredible message, right? If he wanted to knock down the two towers, what would he have done? Does it make sense that he sent 19 hijackers on four different planes out of four different airports? Or, right, yeah. or would it make more sense for him to set bombs in the base of the buildings? Like he would have known how to knock down a building like that and how anyone has ever knocked it. He would never have had a reason to suspect that crashing planes into the tops of them would knock them down. Even if it did, even if it really happened, there's no reason why it should have for him to have expected that yeah, yeah, to for work for sure, for sure, because it would it's it's a failure of the steel that no one knew existed, right? So it none of the story makes sense from any, any angle. No, and that's the thing. We don't have to have the answers. I think I think the point is that what we're being told is not true. And we mm-hmm. can poke holes in it all day. It's not on us to to have all of the answers that a massive uh, cabal of people is hiding right. from us, right? Uh, it's just like maybe this is a bad example, but it's like if your if your wife is cheating on you and you're like hey, you're cheating on me, it's like well what's his name? Oh, you don't know his name? Yeah. What are the exact dates and times that I slept yeah, with right? him? It's like, like the, <laughs> and then you matter. got one of them wrong. Oh, you're yeah, you're you're crazy. Yeah, like, that's exactly what it's like, right? It's gaslighting the, is what it is. Exactly. The burden of proof is not on the people asking the questions. The the burden of the proof is on the the official narrative. Exactly. Yes, it is. And um, it's it's not my job to like read everyone's minds and and like it's they kept it secret for a reason. So of course we're not going to have every single nitty gritty detail perfect. No, and we're still just theorizing. Like, there's things Mm -hmm. that we know, and there's things that we think, and there's things that we know that we don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's it's still better than the lies, right? So, I appreciate you guys for being here. Um, Abby's pregnant, so she's you know (laughs) morning sickness and stuff like that. So, uh, we're not gonna be sticking around afterwards. Uh, I'll just keep this brief. Uh, want to read our five star review that we got? Oh yes. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this name. It's T H H G. B E D I I N E D U thing. <laughs> but I appreciate you, even though I can't read your name uh, because you said I have found my people growing Aww. up. I was completely fascinated by all things supernatural and mysterious. Unfortunately, this didn't always quote fit in with my religious upbringing. 
Now, as an adult with a theology degree, I still have so many questions and dots to connect. This podcast has been such a breath of fresh air. I have learned so much about the spiritual side of theology and I've never that I never learned in school, and their unique insight on each topic they cover uh, has reignited my passion for scripture. Mm. I'll be a ride or die follower till the end. Let's go. P.S. Abby, my jaw dropped as I heard you mention your connection to Isaiah 43, 18 through 19, Aww. along with another listener. That scripture has been uh, following me through my journey or through my journal entries since 2014. Wow. And I have also been wondering why. I'm so intrigued by the fact that it's not just me. That's crazy because 2014 is when it really started hitting me too. So that's, that's weird. That was the same year. That's awesome. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I, I just again, I appreciate you guys. Um, look, this show's never be, been for everybody. We've gotten a lot of one star reviews. Yeah, not week. you, Shannon. <laughs> not you, Shannon. <laughs> I don't know who Shannon is. We got a lot of one star reviews this week because people don't like some of the things that we say because essentially what it came down to is we have opinions and we're not yeah. we're not hiding our opinions and we're not doing this just for entertainment. Was it over the Tartaria uh, thing? Or it was, was it just... over both of last week's shows. It nice. was over Tartaria and the Steven Crowder. And, uh. Uh, so <laughs> the reason I say that is it's fine. We know the show's yeah. not for everybody. Maybe it's not for you. Some people want a show where they can just be entertained and, and everything can be entertained and every idea can be entertained. And look, if uh, if we think that something is is wrong or we're bad gonna tell or you. evil, we're going to tell you guys. Yeah. And a lot of you guys appreciate it. The only thing I want to say beyond that is I, I was listening to a pastor this week saying, essentially calling us out, not us in particular, but saying, mm. you know, these Christians who care about the Nephilim and things like that, they're wrong for this reason, that reason. Huh. I can't tell you guys how many, how many of you have told us that uh, this has made you start reading your Bible again, that this has been mm -hmm. spiritually uplifting. It has been for me. I, I'm just yeah. speaking from myself, Same. like this research, these conversations me and Abby have the time that we get to spend with you guys uh, talking about conspiracies in the word, whatever has been such a boost to my own faith. Uh, mm -hmm. And, just the fact that you guys are here, uh, people like 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 this person said, ride or die. We just appreciate you guys. It, it just means a lot to me right now, mm -hmm. and I'm just yeah. want to say that. So, Same. not a show for everybody, but a show that uh, we're proud of making, and we're proud of the people a show for weird people. A show for you freaks. <laughs> if you listen to this show, you're a freak. Yeah, terrible taste in podcast. Yeah, terrible taste in humans. <laughs> I'm talking about PJ, obviously. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Terrible, terrible taste. Love you guys. Yeah, you guys are awesome. <laughs> we will hinge. Have a great night, everyone. God bless. Bye.